1: Welcome back to Madget Radio, episode number 39, the show where we recount tales of conquest and woe while making a few dick jokes along the way. On tonight's show, we are going to be discussing the recently concluded Scottish Championships. And to do so, we are joined by the newly crowned King of the North, a man who once walked around ETC in his pants because he had given up his kilt to a lusty barmaid. The very same man who casually rolls nine fucking wounds on Swarm of Insects when swarming an unnamed Vampire Counts player's dragon. And the same man who has almost single-handedly propelled Beast Heads back to the top tables of the UK scene. It is the one and the only King, Kevin Stonebanks. How you doing, Kev?
2: I'm oh, very, very well. Thank you very much. That was a good intro. I like that one.
1: I'm taking lessons off Matt.
2: Yeah. And you'll never let me live down that storm of insects, will you?
1: No, it was fucking (laughs) atrocious. And I thought you were very civil about it on your podcast. I was livid, and I'm still livid about it, to be honest. But uh, we're not here to discuss that. Uh, And as always, I'm joined by my long-suffering co-host, who has to put up with all this bitching and moaning even off the pod. He's the merry to my pippin. It's Paul. How's it going, buddy? It's good, man. Very much languishing
3: in my own ineptitude in the shadow of Kev's uh, we uh, insane we win. are not worthy. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, not bad. I'd be better. It was a bit of a shit event, but we'll get at that for me anyway. It was uh, fun. Five five good opponents. So it was nice playing new people. Uh, looking forward to getting into it.
1: Yeah. So as you will probably have guessed, we're going to be giving you the complete lowdown on TSC, not before our usual trip to the salt mine, but before we do that, on behalf of Madget Radio, a massive congratulations must first go to Kev, who has emerged victorious in the Scottish Championships, hashtag spoiler. Uh, (laughs) Kev, to start us off, how are you feeling? Has it sunk in yet? Are you Uh, you doing okay as the new King of Scotland?
2: I don't think it will ever sink in, because I honestly never thought I would ever win a tournament, because I'm not good enough. But, uh, you know, if I can win a tournament, there is hope for everyone. You know, any, anyone can do it, honestly. Uh, yeah, I think uh, luck was with me and the draw was on my side. And, yeah, it all just went my way, bizarrely. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm never going to get over this, ever. I'll be rubbing this in Matt's face forever.
1: Quite good. <laughs> yeah, quite right, quite right. I actually, when I was listening to your last episode on the Paired Weapon pod, and uh, it reminded me of uh, an interview that I heard with, when he won an event a couple years ago and he was on the slam rat one and he was talking about this that you know a certain degree is always going to be you know the matchup and stuff like that but I don't think that can actually take away from the fact that this was a 70-man event and uh, you've come out on top so just massive congratulations we are very proud of you here in Scotland and uh, if anyone's going to win we're just glad that it was someone to do you know, someone who's invested in the Scottish scene and is, is part of the, the Scottish T C setup. So very well done from everyone here.
2: Kept it in Team Scotland because uh, John Turner won it last year, didn't he?
1: Yeah, exactly. And from our yeah. ass, fucked it again. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll come back to Top Scott and all those interesting statistics <laughs> in a little second. Um, now we're obviously going to be talking about T S E in a lot of detail. Um, we're going to try and we're not going to you know try and pull this out too long because uh, there is the the risk that we just sit here and talk all night about um, how great Kevin is because he is <laughs> he good. really is. Um, <laughs> but before we do that, it's time for a trip down the salt mine to get everyone's daily supplement of that sweet sweet salt.
3: Yeah baby, it's salt time.
1: So this week's salt mine has to do with units and rules that get around an army's weakness. So, for example, one might suggest that the snow cow from the Ogre Kingdom's book, or Ogre Can's book, sorry, um, gets around the Ogre's agility weakness and allows them to do things which they shouldn't be allowed to do. Now, that would be a cynical assessment of the situation. And uh, that's the opening statement in this debate. And I'm going to transfer over now to the... uh, uh, lawyer of the defence, one Paul McNeil, before going to verdict with the, our very <laughs> own. So, uh, so, Paul, do you think that's a fair assessment?
3: Uh, no, I think that's actually a bullshit argument because my opinion is that every army book has something in it that bypasses its weakness. So, that is my defence.
1: Is that out? Yeah, you just yeah, go it there.
3: Yeah, okay. that's it. Deal with it.
1: So do you think there's, is there any merit in that, in that saltiness or is it just like, do you think that most armies have got some kind of way to get around a weakness and that we should stop just moaning about it?
3: I think like, don't get me wrong. Like the snow Cow is, is amazing for its points. Like even if it was more expensive, it would be worth taking. So it's like incredibly like great value for what you get. It's a res6 monster. So you get everything that goes with that. You get the aura debuff, you get a bound spell. And it's it it does a lot for the army because agility is it is a massive weakness for the army. Saying Why does that, it have a bound spell? I never got that. Oh I okay, get the it as a age lord. fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Why is a minor lord disciplined nine? Actually I'm on team pole now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Cause he's a lord, see though, it's only fair.
3: So he's a big fucking coward Why is disciplined nine? A qual's not even nine.
2: Yeah, but they're cold blooded, they don't even count. <laughs> i want to have you besmirch the name of the mino lord
1: <laughs> but i guess that the two of them are kind of combined right the reason that the mino lord was given discipline nine was because people weren't taking them because people are fucking stupid yes and uh people thought that giving them nine would encourage people to take them but beast herds are meant to be an army where leadership isn't great across so that helps them get around that uh, and the cow is obviously the agility one but then there's other you know, examples of this the, the the dark coach in the vampire book for example, allows them to spread out the bubble
2: I don't ah. think that's unfair for them though you know, it's so bad for them like, they're hampered by that discipline bubble and that's the only way they can march I think it's good that they have some other way of doing it Yeah, mm. but, I
3: mean you can also bring a 24 inch general bubble
1: <laughs> yes. No, that, that's, that's UD, that's the broken undead uh, for vampires, <laughs> you'll be eighteen inches.
3: Well, can you, not, can you not bring the bloodline? Does that not stack with the, the dragonman?
1: Bring vong. Gar- yeah, you could. Yeah. Actually, Von Gar- so, actually But no one's going to do that. So, it's, it's, so I'm it's right. right.
3: Is, so I'm, is that an agreement that I'm right there? Twenty-four inches.
1: Right. I think we're getting off
2: topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the guiltiest party of it are the vermin swarm and the fact that they have an army-wide special rule that completely gets around their weakness of discipline.
1: You know? i agree and the fact that half their army's useless. yeah well. <laughs>
3: so
1: kev's on so my side the... my my
3: point of it's this is a problem throughout every army book
2: it's I not just ogres i don't think warriors have anything to get around their weakness of you know no shooting or they
3: have got yeah. the helm but that's pretty good for getting around the table
1: it's hard to use though effectively yeah it's i mean
3: it's probably more uh it's definitely harder to use than some of the other innate buffs that or these other examples that we're talking about that other armies have but i mean it's it's definitely the big weakness was mobility and trying to promote infantry-based lifts it's like well how do you get around the table when you don't have reach say well have a hillmaw yeah it is it is more difficult to use than other things but it effectively serves that purpose
1: well, I think this is an interesting debate, because there's been a lot of chat in the, the forum recently about Dread Elves, that yes, they absolutely kick the shit out of everything in combat, but they're so susceptible to ranged, and whether like that's a fair weakness of the army, because there was the big stink about the Miss Leviathan, because it, originally that was planned that it would have a, a hard target bubble, but then it was decided that that went in the face of the army weakness, so they weren't allowed to have that. and. We, I mean, we've been having this kind of conversation for a couple of months now internally between like us and Marn and Fraz and that. Um, so what do we think? Is this, with the new books starting to kind of pick up pace now and come out, are we expecting books to have really clearly defined weaknesses that are not going to be easy to get around? And is that actually, you know, productive for the game moving forward?
3: I, I mean think so. I think okay. it would be good if... Obviously, we've given a lot of examples of weaknesses that aren't actually in the book. That there are things there that you can bring to overcome the weakness. So, I mean, I'm thinking about the new books. Like, what are what would be that equivalent in the demon book?
1: Well, I, I guess the the demons are almost the exception, simply because of the the amount of customization that you can do there, right? Um but even still like demons most of the demon stuff is still quite susceptible to range damage because you're basically relying on five ups across the board. So mm.
3: Yeah, I mean I think I think there needs to be a certain degree of flexibility within a book because if it is very streamlined in one direction, then it just became becomes a game of rock, paper, scissors. Mm. Um and obviously like when you're playing the game, getting the right matchups in game Is a large part of learning the game and knowing what combats are good, and that's how you know that's what wins your games, and that's what separates a lot of the good players from the bad players. But I think if you made books too rigid to their strengths and weaknesses, that then that becomes less important because then it just becomes against it, just becomes about who you're playing against and are you good against that book, yeah. So I think you do need to allow some flexibility within a book and to allow certain units and I think there are obviously examples of where that's gone too far I'd agree with the vermin example that like discipline is obviously supposed to be this massive weakness and yet there are so many things it's not just one unit or one thing in the book that allows you to offset it to degree it's like well you can bring lots of different things that offset it so yeah it would I think I think there's a balance there. I think um I th- I think it's probably something that's quite tricky to get right. But um I don't think it should be too as I say, rock, paper, scissors, because then I think that takes away a lot of the complexity of the game and I think that's what is one of the strengths of the Ninth Age compared to other systems. So mm. um I think there needs to be some something in the books to give them that um flavour and customization. Obviously the demons take that to like the, the extreme but um, yeah, I don't think it should be too rigid going forward. I think there needs to be some choice.
1: Okay. Kev, what do you think about that, that assessment?
3: Mm,
2: I'm not so against rock, paper, scissors in a way. I think it always adds something. And if one army is sort of dominating your meta, then there's a way of getting around it, if you know what I mean. Mm. You know, if suddenly Dread Elves were everywhere and just romping the scene, then you'd be like, well, it's time to start bringing out the gun lines, isn't it? And it's nice Mm. that they do have a weakness to that. I mean, I still don't think shooting is that great, and I don't think it's the worst weakness they could possibly have, because they are super quick, and they're all about trying to get in combat as fast as possible, so... You only have like one
3: or two turns, maybe,
2: to actually shoot at them before they're in. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I mean, they're not so expensive that you can't take good sized blocks of guys anyway. So you've yeah. got some redundancy in your units. And you've got <laughs> a couple of army-wide or certainly unit-like rules that pertain to a few units across the book that'll like, boost their speed. Plus, you've got the missile Leviathan. And you've got some spells to help you get across the table. So.
2: That's it. They're not going to win like a shooting war against another elf army. Maybe that's what elf players are used to. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean... The shooting, what you get in the book, is actually still very good. I mean, between the poison shooting guys in special, and the auxiliaries in core, and the bolt throwers, like, you can you can bring still like a really good mixed arms list and have some range on top of the magic, which is really fucking strong. So... Mm. I get it. If you run into like pyromancy gunline, that's bad. But that's that's a really extreme matchup.
2: And most pyromancy gunlines are bad for everyone.
3: Well, this is it. Like that's half half the army books in the game don't <laughs> yeah. want to play against that. Beasters don't want that. Fucking vampires don't want
1: that. Ogre's I mean, don't want like the, the player playing the gunline as well because they just. Stand there and let their soul just seep out through their asshole. <laughs> five games. Yeah, but that's I, that's I speak from experience. So. I know. Yeah. Okay. So is there is there a balance to be struck then between allowing armies the tools to get around some weaknesses, but with you know clear gameplay mechanics like the cow, which you can kill the cow and get around that, um, or do we think? It, it needs to be more rigid. The armor boot designs follow that strengths and weaknesses. So, Kev, I'm getting the sense that you kind of would prefer a more rigid kind of approach to that. I think I would, Is yeah. there any kind of space, do you think, for right? Okay.
2: Maybe a little bit. I suppose I see what you say with a cow. You know, you can just kill it and then that's that, you know, you've overcome their power, I suppose. But for some armies, that's difficult. If that cow's hiding behind a big wall of ogres, my beast has can't kill it. So you know, that's annoying for me. Um, and then yeah, I'm just gonna charge a load of ogres and bounce. But well, you, uh, yeah. I mean, I
3: don't know. I mean you've got you've got an agility boost in spell in your army.
2: There is that as well. That is <laughs> I can't really You
1: you're also overlooking the fact that beast herds have primal fury, which gets around their ability to hit or their 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 poor offensive stats. We're not here to moan about beast herds. <laughs> Actually, items uh, 4 to 20 on Jindar are all about Beast uh, so that might be interesting. Yeah, um, I, but, okay, I think
2: so there's been a lot of chat on the forum lately about Primal Instinct and whether Beast should still keep that going forward, or you know, should it change into something else just because the never-ending rerolls to hit is just so powerful, and I kind of agree with it. It is ridiculous.
3: I mean, even if they yeah, tied it it's to something a like a guarantee, where it's, where it's conditional on winning combat or having more ranks or something like that, rather than just, you just get it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, there's also a danger here that there's a knee-jerk reaction to Beast hairs doing well again. Um, and, then, you know, as we'll talk about in a second, the, the Beast hair players all did pretty well in, in TSC. But even something like Changing primal instinct just to hatred makes a massive difference um, in how that army operates because, you know, I think we've all had games where you charge something, I'll uh, beast herd unit in, in the flank, and they, they kind of they stick or they do enough to stick and then they reform and then kick the shit out of you because they're still getting that reroll. Mm. So, it's great, is it? <laughs>
3: I guess that has a, a bonus in that it's an 8, right? In, in which case you're, you wouldn't actually be rolling for it, so there's no risk of failing. So it's guaranteed first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you were doing that, it would have to be just guaranteed for all of the units.
3: Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. there's a trade off in that it's okay, it's not as good because you're potentially not getting it every round, but you're guaranteed to get it first round. Whereas just now, you could still
1: theoretically fail. Unless you take the 25 point item that gives you auto.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's that's uh, that's another uh,
1: good go. point of uh,
3: God. It's item, not looking guess,
1: good the beast This
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even take that item. <laughs> you're you're minor lords too uh, busy charging out units fucking <laughs> down the edge <laughs> of a table. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're on your own, boys. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> right then. Right. We'll we'll draw a line of that then. Um, so oh, our yes. conclusions are we maybe want to see a little bit more. Rigid's application of this, uh, Verma's Swarm are still bent, and fuck these tears. Is that our big three? Uh, you
3: yeah. Got two uh,
1: long live the snooker. Long live the snooker. Let's move on. Long live the snooker. <laughs> That's how you Okay. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So let's move on to the main topic of the show. Magic Radio. So the main topic is, unsurprisingly, the Scottish Championships. And we've got a lot to unpack here with uh, the King uh, over the Wall himself. However, before we do that, what I will very quickly do is give you a rundown of the winners and the losers. So I will read out the top 10 and the to- uh, the bottom three. Um, there wasn't any best sport vote this round, uh, this event, and obviously there wasn't any best pain. There was spot prizes for each um, individual round, but I won't go into them because it was kind of uh, it was. Weird and wacky stuff to add a bit of spice uh, across the event, so we don't need to worry too much about that. But starting at the pinnacle, the Everest of the Scottish Championships, in first place is the mighty, mighty Kevin Stonebanks with 80 fucking points. A handsome serving there. In second place is Jack Payne, also with Beast heads on 77 points. In third place, and my dark horse of the tournament, if you can remember back to the last episode, is Haristo with his orcs and goblins on 76 points. In fourth place was the lovely Jake Cortine with his infernal dwarves on 73 points. In fifth place was Hugh Scarlin after getting a battering off Kev in the last round with his demon legions on 70 points. In sixth place is Tom fucking Clues with his Warriors of the Dark Gods on 69 points. I think that's Tom's highest finish. So fucking well done at to Tom there. In seventh place is Jeff Keeling with Empire, Stone so so on 69 points, which really fucking pisses me off because I think that's the first time he's played Empire and he already scored more points uh, than I ever. Did with Empire. <laughs> and what makes that worse is that in eighth place is fucking Geo with Empire, Stone so so on 67 points, which is also higher than anything I ever scored by Empire. Uh, in ninth place is Che Davis Smith. With Beast Terrace on 66 points, 19 points of them uh, were mine to give. I'll have you all know. And 10th place <laughs> was Colin Power with Kingdom Actane on 66 points, which is fucking good going for Colin as well, having just picked up uh, Kingdom Ectane. Now, if we scroll down to the, the lurky, murky depths of the table, in last place, controversially, and this is a point we will return to, is the lovely Matt Paris with his Warriors the Dark Gods on 15 points and second last was John Kavanagh or John Wicklow we don't know which one of them is his porn name I'm gonna <laughs> guess Wicklow because it sounds more uh, with Sylvan Elves on 29 points and in third bottom was Sean Hughes the lovely Sean from Liverpool with Firmish Swarm on 26 points so that is how it all finished up but I guess the thing we need to kick off with is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Kev Stonebanks. How the fuck did you do it, mate?
2: Well, what was this first of all? How, how okay. did Geo get 20,000 like victory points with you Empire? Can't fucking trust <laughs> with Empire? How does that happen? It's, that's just bananas yeah that blows my mind what on earth are those gun lines doing <laughs> is everyone just running uh, into the volley gun
1: I caught one of Geo's games or a bit of Geo's one of Geo's games and I uh, thought he'll probably play quite defensive and let them run at him and then use like the counter charge potentially the list and he wasn't he was just fucking throwing griffins at people they <laughs> like do you want to fight a griffin no okay I'll charge it then <laughs> that's basically how it went and it worked so uh, fair play him.
2: yeah astounding I'm totally amazed by that well, anyway
1: I mean, if, Yeah, if, if we I mean very quickly out uh, of that top ten we've got one, two, three beast herds, two Empire Sonstall, one Orcan Goblin, demon, one Inferno, and one uh warriors. So uh, yeah, one Kingdom had ten. So you know, not exactly a mixed field, but at least there's a little bit of depth there in terms of choices. But yes back to the point at hand kev how did you do it what was the list did you have any kind of aspirations coming into the tournament before we go into like the each you know the 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 rounds themselves
2: well i think aspiration wise i had very low aspirations for this tournament i was if i can come in the middle i would have been happy i didn't really think i'd do very well to be honest because because it's five thousand points i was like oh the uh you know monster caps 40%, uh, forty percent. That's uh, two thousand points of monsters. What can they get in? Ooh, two gortars, the three cyclops. So yeah, let's start with that. And then it was all just sort of uh, fill my core up to the minimum, a thousand. Uh, it's what can I squeeze in with the other two thousand? And then uh, obviously the Mino lord had to come along. Um, and then that Soothsayer on the chariot, he had to come along as well, because i heard good things about him. No, I've run that sous-air before, but normally he's on foot. So right. he's a master with ancestral aid and tricks his cunning. I normally put him on foot. And I thought, no, we'll give him a little Mario Kart to run about in. <laughs> and then uh, Mrs. Mino is there, my Mino chieftain with the Great Weapon and Eagle's Affliction. And then all the half points left for that it was just four Minos. That was like, a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a tiny unit of Minos. Might need somewhere to put the characters just in case. Yeah so yeah that that, that was the list and then it's when i'm deploying it i'm just like i've got nothing on the table this is crazy because it's mostly taken up with single models and i'm just not used to that uh
1: yeah uh, so what was the core again sorry was it ambition core and you had three chariots right
2: three chariots had uh 15 Horn with full command who didn't have ambush because only two units could have ambush and then I had yeah, 18 ambushing wild horn and 15 ambushing wild horn all with paired weapons and throwing weapons nice and musos so okay. yeah you know I think okay. the big strength for the beasters is just the ambushing and the ability to win the objectives it's it's just so crucial to them as long as you don't get terror bombed yeah. off and things like that they're,
1: I mean uh, I think I think they're probably still the best book in the game for winning objectives there's really not any of the objectives that they struggle with perhaps flags because the, the ambushes are a little bit vulnerable but i guess you can just ambush them in the safety right you don't need to throw them under the bus
2: yeah sometimes you get that game though where like, actually my ambushes do a job for me um but then i don't want to lose them so that could be a, a tricky decision to make depending on the game you know, if you're fighting yourself yeah. where your ambushes are just going to get murdered, then it's fine. You can hide them at the back. But, like, if you're fighting a gun line or something, you're like, I actually need these guys to turn up for me and start killing things. Yeah. But, yeah, like, most of the objectives, they absolutely love it and they'll be happy to uh, do do, good, do a good job for me and score some points.
1: Yeah. Okay, nice. So, coming into it, you were kind of aiming just for a decent showing. Nothing spectacular. But, yeah. Oh. How little you knew, <laughs> and uh, how the fates would treat you going forward. I know. So what we're going to do is, uh, we're go- we'll obviously go, we'll do a brief overview of uh, all your games. But what we'll do is, we'll run through uh Paul and mine's list as well. We'll go through uh his results. Then we'll we'll go to the opposite end of the spectrum and talk about how Paul and I fucked it. Um, and- and I was we'll- going to we'll- say, for a bit of diversity, okay. you can
3: oh, hear some shit yeah. results. <laughs>
1: this is what you could have won. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right, so Paul, what was your list? What were your aspirations coming in? Uh,
3: so, zero aspirations as pair. Uh
1: Good.
3: List was uh, D3, Killy, uh, Great Khan. And then I had the Troll Leader BSB with a 2 up, 4 up. And then I had Master on Thamator J. Core was just a big old block of bruisers with uh, three darts for chaff and scoring and then i had big block america vets four tuskers a couple of kitty cats and then two giants with great weapons and that was pretty much it so a couple of new things there i don't really ever spend that many points on characters but i figured there's likely to be a lot of monsters about so i'll bring the strength seven d3 wooden guy because that'll probably scare the shit out of some um and then the BSB is good as well, because he's doing multi-wounds against large infantry. So uh, I figured they were probably safe bets. And they're it's 50-50, right? I mean, you spend that much points on characters, so you think, God, I can't really pay for anything else. But then you've also got to kill the characters. And so it can be quite easy to keep a lot of points safe if you don't want to push. So it gave some options. Um, and that match was mm-hmm. just really good. Uh, lore, I've been enjoying that, so stuck with that, cummed and hawed whether to take Pyro or Thaumaturgy but I think Thaumaturgy is just a little bit more well-rounded you don't get fucked as much if you run into something with armour like you do if you just bring Pyro so that was the list
1: and uh, no aspirations coming in this
3: fuck all aspirations, <laughs> I have learned my lesson uh, <laughs> I did, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> even giving myself, you know, just you know, ten points per game. That'll be that'll be me. wasn't even going down that road. Just um, was curious to see what a five k tournament would be like. Um, and you know, you you want to you want to do well, but as I say, I've just i've i've been down this road too many times. I've been burned too many times. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I figured already... I would just go in and uh, try and do the best I can.
2: Was there any caps you were trying to break or anything like that? Or
3: was it just uh, your usual list plus five five hundred points? Um no, so that like interestingly, like I I didn't really approach it from that point of view. Like I guess if I wanted to run a gun line at five K with ogres, that would maybe get you another a unit or so. So you could run like a you could run all like the bomb deers, like what John used to go, but then you might also be able to fit in like a cannon or two. So you could like really double down on that if you wanted to, but um, yeah, just I I just kind of thought I'll go for something that's quite hard hitting. So there was great weapons everywhere again because I was expecting a lot of monsters, and it helps with armor as well, just because you've got that pretty much AP three across the board, if not more. So I thought, oh, that's probably a good a good bet. But no, I didn't actually think about it in in that sense at all. Um. What about you, Andrew? Did you were you looking to break any caps with your list?
1: No, I mean like obviously I was going to play vampires, and the vampire caps didn't really change that much for five thousand. It wasn't like oh, you can fit in an extra and horn now because uh-huh. you know they've thought about that and there's actually <laughs> caps on the and horns. So yeah, there wasn't there wasn't anything that was screaming out from the vampire book like abuse me um, or no that I saw it anyway. So. Yeah, I just kind of... I probably should have thought more about it, actually, because I should have kind of known that people would take monsters. But I think I got a wee bit too focused on this cool idea that I had. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to try altars, because altars of undeath just generally aren't taken. And uh, I thought, oh, this... You know, they they got a bit of a price decrease in February, so I thought this would be a decent chance to run them. So I had uh, an independent count on a dragon, Master of Occultism, uh, reasonably killy, had a master evil uh, necro and again this would be a cool opportunity to try double master it was always something I'd, I'd fancy giving a go uh, in core was another experiment, I had two blocks of 40 skeleton spears and a unit of zombies for a bunker uh, and then I had a dark coach two autos of undeath two units of uh, bats for chaff uh unit of five, vampire knights with stalker standard and a uh, unit of six spawn with champion because I'm a fucking glutton for punishment when it comes to fucking vampire spawns.
3: You've been uh, using them for quite a long time.
1: I have, and I haven't learned my lesson, but this is it, right? As you'll find out very shortly, this is the fucking last straw with this spawn. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, if anyone's interested, you can go into the vampire forum and there's a thread for the Scottish Championship list. And, uh, All four vampire players who played in this tournament have all sworn off Vampire Spawn going forward.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're one of those units, aren't they, that have the potential to just go crazy and probably do every now and then, but then they'll just whiff sometimes and die horribly.
1: I think that's it, like you get to a certain point where you're like, right, I'm dropping them, because they're just they're just too swingy, they're not good enough, they're just too expensive for what they actually bring and then they'll have one game where they'll just fucking go mental and obliterate something, and then you're like, right, okay, I'll keep them in the list for a little bit longer and that's just how they survive in lists <laughs> they're like little leeches <laughs> just suck your soul out through your arsehole yet again <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yeah, so that, that was the list going in kind of looking for a decent show and nothing, you know, not going into win or anything, but I was disappointed how I ended up, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So, I guess Ken, you weren't
2: hoping for best in race when Mikey's there.
1: Oh, well, actually, best in race was kind of what I was thinking. Like, that would be a good goal to get. Because um, yeah. there, there was four of, the, you know, actually four decent vampire players as well. Um, there was myself, Shane Baxter, Mikey, and um, and James. And uh, and it was quite good, actually, because we all were kind of like talking to each other throughout the, the event, which was quite nice. I've never really had that before where like uh, all the same races are kind of huddled together in team talks between rounds like how, is, <laughs> how we doing lads spawn our shit yeah spawn our shit we're not gonna take them again right okay what are we gonna do now um so that was quite You're gonna nice, have to actually.
3: form like a self-help group just to keep yourself from bringing them in future lists
1: <laughs> yeah no,
3: okay. stay strong
1: I What's worse though right i actually wrote a list the other day and i was like what if i could take two units of eight spawn which is <laughs> not the list that should be taken from this <laughs> but uh but yeah so that was the list going in uh aiming for a decent showing we'd love to have won best in race but uh, as you'll find out shortly that was not to be so Kev do you want to give us a very brief overview of the rounds and, and the scores you got out of them
2: yeah, uh, I'll just say there was no like happy b chat between us all players. I was mostly like, who the fuck are all these pretenders? <laughs> Except for Luke Tranter. <laughs> Luke Tranter's the, orig- the OG b player yeah. and uh, if there's anyone who can get best in race, I hope it's him. And Tim as well I suppose actually, he's been using yeah, it for a yeah. very long time longer than me. But yeah, the rest of them, no way. Jumping on the bandwagon that I created, it seems. Um, so yeah, my games, let's see. Uh, I started off were against bloody frank and his dwarven thane nonsense <laughs> so that was it. eight thanes um uh killy king with a strength 10 d3 wounds weapon and like a uh, runesmith in there then he had like big unit seekers big unit of kingsguard big unit of Greybeards, and then the fucking flamethrower guys you never see uh forge wardens and it's like this is it, it was a good and bad matchup. I'm glad it was all infantry because I was hoping I'd be fighting against big blocks because I have a lot of thunder stomp, so that was nice. But I didn't really want to fight against that many Thanes with great weapons. Um, in the end, basically, I, I didn't bother fighting the Thanes. I had the chance, but I chickened out of it and uh, just sort of voided them. Took off a lot of the other big blocks, but lost a lot of stuff doing it. Um, and then in the end, it was a 10-10. Because I lost too much stuff. Uh, the particular low light was this you know, indestructible soothsayer with his you have to reroll successful wounds, die into fucking forge wardens who were wounding on sixes and have to reroll, and they Ooh. killed him.
1: <laughs> your Frank was chuffed with that, though,
2: eh? Yeah. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs>
1: Oh, I bet Frank loves this. He's like, "Oh, you idiots. i, I got a draw out okay, of Kev. You fuckers all rolled over and let them 20 in.
2: <laughs> also, the Mino Lord lost combat to uh, a unit of uh, Forge Wardens in the front and uh, gray, 10 Greybeards in the flank. He lost combat and ran off.
1: Oh, that that's sounds about good. right. That's average.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what you expect from the Mino Lord. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: 600 points, Combat Lord. Who needs it? <laughs>
2: So, yeah, that first game was pretty awful, to be honest. It could have got a lot better for me. Um, second game was against Glenn Wilkinson Tough, who's using nice. uh, Warriors. And he had two Chosen Lords on war daces and then a uh, Sorcerer on a war dace as well in a unit of, like, 25 Warriors. So it's just, like, a brick wall of one-up armor saves. One of them's re-rolling. The other one's got, like, a four-up Aegis. Uh, so that was pretty scary. Then he had five Chosen cav two units, big blocks of barbs um, and some other stuff that one was a diagonal deployment with, as Loch Ness one which mm. is a great map I really enjoyed that one uh, in the end I was able to sort of sneak around the flank with a cyclops and he just sort of opened it up and then Glenn got panicky and his characters all sort of came out solo and basically it didn't mm. go well for him a particular highlight was a unit of chariots in the flank of the unit warriors with one of the characters in and then a Gortuck in the front and we just fucking murdered them and broke them in one round of combat it was hilarious and then I was on for a 16 at that point and then Glenn decided to charge one of his other chosen laws on the war dice into a Gortuck and I fucking killed him in one go (laughs) (laughs) which took me up to a 19 which was completely unexpected I was like what that shouldn't happen that's a guy with one up armor and a four up ages. So,
1: please tell me it was at least a D three wins that you got
2: off. Yeah, it was a D three wins. Okay,
1: that's not too bad. Though. I well, did one normal
2: one, one, wound. But, yeah. one wound and then uh, yeah, two on a D three or something and that did the job. But yeah, in no way I should have done that. That was ridiculous. Um, and then the third game was against your favorite list, the Mark Green Story Saurian Ancient Spam.
1: Hope you fucking smashed
2: him. I did. It didn't go well for him. (laughs) He's learned his lesson. (laughs) I thought it was a great list. I absolutely loved it. Um, It was a lot of fun fighting against it as well, because there's nothing he could really do to me. His Pyro's uh, Quattle could have been nasty, but his magic was awful. And then, yeah, the monster just had a great time. A Gortark killed 32 Saurian Ancients in one round, one turn. Something like that.
1: That's average as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, is right? yeah, yeah that was a fun game that one. I really enjoyed that. Just because it was like, there's nothing he could do. And I'm just like, yeah, thunderstomped on everything, <laughs> <Just> smashing <laughs> them out. This is awesome. Breaking <laughs> them they, in. And they never end. There's just more Saurian warriors to kill as you keep going. So that was really fun. Although the fucking soothsayer died in that one as well to Saurus Warriors. So yeah, that was upsetting. And then fourth game is against Ed. Uh, which I've you know played there quite a few times, and it never goes well for me. He always uh, manages to win, uh, but not this time. It went amazingly well for me. Uh, he, when he called his wag, his war cry, uh, he didn't make a single charge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was needing like tens and elevens, so. You know. oh,
1: okay. Yeah, so so, so not always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about this one on the pod, and I think you were quite generous because you was like, "Oh yeah, you needed an Like, right, okay. <laughs> you can't really bet your mortgage on an eleven, though.
2: No, but he had like three units doing it, I think. Uh, they, but they all failed, but failed enough so they were nice and close to me, and then mm-hmm. I just hit him back on the counter charge and smashed him off. But uh, another highlight was this time the soothsayer did turn up and, and soloed the uh, Gargantula. Because Ed's dice were atrocious.
1: He seems to either like just do nothing or like burn the world down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, you know. Oh, scrimp-free flaming shots. Oh, don't like that. Oh, big giant poison (laughs) spider. I'll take him on. Uh, Yeah, that was a a crazy game, and it just all went wrong for Ed very quickly. uh, And I managed to just get everything for a twenty. Yes, I was pretty happy about that one, and uh, that left me top of the pack, like four points clear. Somehow. Which, given I got a draw, I was not expecting that at all yeah. after my first game. I was like, I've got no chance now because uh, everyone was already running away with it. But then everyone was just getting a like small wins mostly. Mm-hmm. So I managed to uh, pull up and then pull ahead of them. And then the uh, last game was against Q, which everyone can watch on the YouTube, the live stream, the PDGs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm still churning my way through. I'm trying to watch it all
3: back the is highlights. That, is that not like I was thinking of this? Like, obviously, I was watching it and I had some of the commentary on. And I was like, oh, like, obviously, you weren't listening to the commentary while you were playing the game. But I was like, there's no way I was going to go back and watch this. Like, I would. That would be a fucking nightmare for me listening to people comment on my game.
2: <laughs> no, I found it quite interesting actually, listening to the. I'll take this as suggestions, you know, creative criticism. Uh, but also seeing that. Hugh made some mistakes as well, which they brought up. So that was quite nice because when I was like, you know, playing, I was like, he's played this perfectly. He's not made any mistakes. Everything's going well, but obviously he did make some mistakes. So I just didn't spot them. Um, mm. So, yeah, that was quite interesting, actually. And then uh, having them slag off my decision to focus so much effort into keeping my little Gortark alive on the left-hand side. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I failed a frenzy turn one and my Gortark ended up charging a more and I was like, oh, I'm going to die here. Or I could go crazy, you know. If I can get some lethal strikes off of the D3 wounds, he gets no save. So it could be amazing. But the dice just weren't against me, uh, weren't with me. And they were very much against Hugh as well. Because that went on for about seven rounds of combat. Bloody hell.
3: I was going to say, that was like one of the biggest pillow fights I've ever seen. These two <laughs> giant monsters not doing anything to each other. It was
2: crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, Uh, we actually had one round where no one did a single wound to one each other. It was, yeah, Uh, that went on forever and I think that really helped me because it just tied the moor up for most of the game.
1: Jeez. Jeez Louise.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, so the objective was uh, King of the Hill and I picked the forest on the right-hand side so Hugh had to get in that. My basic plan was kill all his scoring so he can't get the objective Mm. which I managed to do. Just about with my ambushers and a very lucky Gortark on that flank who did some damage. Um but in the end his court was and mopped all that up. Um but it meant I won I was gonna win the objective, so I just had my minos sat on a hill in the middle. And then the world came into him from the demons in like turn six, everything charged. But luckily what he had left was all shit. It was like the Lemures in the front. The Moor came in the front, but he only had four or five wounds left at that point. The Miser in the flank and then the um, Flies in the flank. Not Flies, the uh, Veil Serpents. That was it. And he had to kill four Minos over two rounds of combat, and he couldn't do it, uh, which was Jeez. a bit of a surprise, i got to be honest. I thought, I'm, I'm doomed here. But yeah, the Mino Lord went bananas and killed the Moor at last. And then the rest of his stuff just kept fluffing and couldn't do anything. So, in the end, I won 13 7 because I got the objective. So, yeah, it, it, I've never had a game right. like that where I felt like I lost because Hugh completely outplayed me. His movement was just fucking everywhere. I couldn't pin anything down. And it was just so irritating. But then I still managed to win just because the Minos are incredibly hard and the Soothsayer as well had a good game and didn't die.
1: Well, as Matt often quotes uh, in the words of Napoleon Bonaparte, it's better to be lucky than good. So, absolutely. <laughs> when uh, when the luck smiles upon you, you are a fool to back away.
2: But I had a lot of bad luck too. Like everything was failing, brake tests and running off the fucking cyclopses with the heat-seeking cloud mortars or something like they kept hitting but then rolling once to wound i think it yeah. happened about four or five
3: times yeah someone i think one of the uh the guys on the that were doing the commentary was counting and it was like they were saying oh there's another one that, that makes number four. <laughs> oh, oh, there's number five he's, he's not wounded again oh. so <laughs> it was pretty it was like and it wasn't just like you were hitting it was like oh i hit on a six and then i roll a one it was yeah. just like complete extremes <laughs>
2: utterly crazy every time I throw a six to hit I was like I should have thrown it out of fucking quarters because all the have <laughs> 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 well, I was like there's no point throwing it I've hit on a six it'd be a waste and I was like oh no but yeah that was so irritating just constantly rolling ones to wound
1: oh. war machines are just self-flagellation for the soul though aren't they it's just why do you put yourself through that because oh, they do it so- every fucking game don't they
3: they're <laughs> oh, of the shooting phase
1: oh. So That's yeah, it happened then.
2: That was my tournament. Um, so, yeah, very surprised given my first result was a draw then to, for just getting big, consistent wins. Mm. Uh, you know, that really propelled me. And then luckily, I was very lucky, I think, in the last round that the two, because there was like six of us who could have won it, that the other two games were also quite tight. Right. I think Bristo won 13-7 and Jack won 16-4, but neither of them were enough to get me. I only had to get a draw in the end to actually Mm. win it so that was quite nice
3: that was something the guys were were saying on the on the commentary like when jack and the other guys had finished their games like you guys were still playing yeah like it literally came down to like the last turn of the last game that would have determined who actually won the event because if you had broken that minor unit then he would have won
2: which he did um he won combat when he charged him with all that stuff he'd won combat by one so yeah that was it right he just
3: he, he, but he just couldn't break you type of thing. Like, he just wasn't winning combats by enough. So it was crazy. Like, I guess most events, like, you can you can tell by, like, the last game yeah, who, who's won. So it was kind of mental that the last game was actually the deciding game and that the deciding game came down to the last <laughs> game turn. It was it was really cool.
2: That's, yeah, that's cool. I just I, had to make an uh, eight re-rollable, which I'm sure we've all failed an eight re-rollable break test before
3: oh yes <laughs> that's, that's, that's the time to pass though in the, in the final yeah. of the tournament
2: <laughs> yeah absolutely god I would have been crying that night if I failed that
1: <laughs> but awesome so that was 80 points in first place
2: fucking hell I know what is even more galling is when I came second in Autumn Assault I got 82 points and yet that wasn't enough uh, you know it's just uh, it's how it goes isn't it sometimes yeah uh,
1: I guess reward for like sticking with the list, though, and sticking with the concept and just plug it away. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like it's just a fluke. Like, you know, this has been a, a build in progress for a wee while.
2: That's it. And I think like, I only started The Beast has because I backed some uh, Kickstarter years ago for some minos to look nice. And then that sort of inspired me to get the army and then try it. And it's all sort of spiralled out from that, really.
1: Was that the Zealot Miniatures one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that as well, and I see I could have, I could have won Scottish Championship if I just backed up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> those minos are something else, and oh, that. awesome,
1: yeah, and that's see, just I, what made me get and, it.
3: Andrew can't play can't play B because no, for a year, well, not years, but for quite a while, Nick from the club was kicking the shit out of him with his minor lord. So if he had went off and bought beast herds just so to, you could use minotaurs that would have looked really bad
1: <laughs> yeah like everyone's saying oh the mino lord's come out of nowhere like my arsehole is the size of the great canyon right? <laughs> for the amount of times that i've been pumped by nick's mino lord like i've been getting abused off that bastard for years that, this is nothing new to me well
2: yeah. i think i played nick about two years ago and he used that mino lord but i think i charged it with six Feldrax and murdered enough minos so he just broke and got run down and i was like He's not that hard. Yeah, hard I
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: But yeah, see,
2: uh, Nick also inspired me as well, so I think, you know, some uh, congrats goes to him because he's now inspired the whole meta. Everyone's going to be running around with Beast Lords now.
1: Oh, he'll fucking love that. <laughs> so thanks. He'll absolutely love it. There you go. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the list and stuff and uh, like the meta of the, don't um, worry, the meta of the competition and stuff. Um, but before we do that, we'll get it quick and, quick and easy. We'll, we'll get our games out of the way. So, Paul, how was your event? Uh,
3: quite, I'd, I'd say quite frustrating like from a game point of view. Uh, like I was, It was good that in that I got um, five opponents that I'd never played before, so that was really nice. Um, ended up playing only th- against three different armies, though. Played Warriors twice and elves twice, so that was a bit shit. But, um, yeah, game one... Uh, I played Glenn, so that Kev's round two opponent.
2: Um, oh, yeah, so we both got Jaws. I was hoping I was going to get you e round two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I could have won the Scottish Championships. <laughs> um, <laughs> that could have been the turning point. Uh, so, yeah, so that was predicted to be a pretty smashy game, which it ended up being. Um, the kind of highlight was the Merc Vets charging the, the warrior block that had all the characters in. on the war diocese and then i won combat and then he's stuck which i figured he would because he's like you know re-rolling whatever it is so like i was like i'm probably not going to do enough to break you but if i can do enough and my bsb's in there and he's doing multi-wounds so if i can pick out even the sorcerer that would be really good and just neuter your magic phase uh turn to or the, the second round of that combat, it just, it, it started to go badly. Um He wasn't doing as much damage as you probably should have done, but um there was a kind of two key like magic phases in the game where in one case, like I got a spell off and he threw everything at it and couldn't dispel it. And that really helped me. And then the same thing happened against me later on when he managed to get like a five up um Aegis save on the warrior block. Um, but BSB was just whiffing and then in, in the one round that he actually managed to get two wins through he made his two five-ups on his wizard no. <laughs> otherwise he just would have been dead at that point um so it just was super smashy um it ended up being a 13-7 to him but I got the secondary I got all my darts in his deployment Um so it was a 10-10 so I was quite lucky the Merc Vets held for so long which really just tied up his characters and they couldn't do very much but um we, we got a, a fair amount of points from each other, so it was quite a good game. And Glenn is a lovely guy. Definitely play him again. Um, I think that was actually a Dan Thomas list that he was yeah, using. because he's very quite, much so. He was friendly with him, and I was like, oh, this list is going to be really good. <laughs> I was talking to him before the game started, and, he, and I was like do you know, I think I've seen this list from somewhere. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with Dan. I'm like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs>
3: and he was like, yeah, it's kind of like the whole theory behind it is that it doesn't play points. I'm just like, oh, man, this is, this is going to go really fast. That's bad. exactly
1: what you want to hear before you <laughs> <laughs> know, right?
3: It's like the main games have started. Um, but no, it was it was a good game. So I was quite happy, actually, with the, with the 10-10 and definitely getting the secondary. So that was okay. It was an okay start. And then game two, I played against... Um, james brown the the legend himself no not really not the james brown uh, <laughs> the, reverend. <laughs> the reverend himself uh james brown of etc new zealand um so dread elves on paper didn't really know how that was going to go uh i was a bit worried about shooting in magic and it it was uh, turn one he, he killed one giant and then turned to. he killed the other giant with his poison shooting. He just, it was just fucking insane. Um, and then we got into combats and I made one mistake. I, I charged something, killed it, and then rather than overrunning, I decided to hold and then flee in the hope that um he would fail either the redirect or the longer charge that he would have needed to get into the Merc Vets. Uh, unfortunately, he got it. And then it just, everything went to shit. He just ended up getting a really strong magic phase, and the militants, if you've got one or two spells on them, they're just fucking insane. Yeah. Like, the amount of damage they can pump out. And they just fucking wrecked the, uh, the Merc Fets in one go. Like, I think he killed, like, five of them, like, with a with a militant unit. It was insane. Um, And then everything just, like, my shit didn't rally, and things were getting shot off, and it just it just spiralled into a 20-0 loss. Like, there was just nothing I could do at that point. Um, so it was a bit of a rough one. Um, so game three, I ended up playing Warriors again. This time, I was playing against Luke, and he had a double Herald list with the Uh, He had a Wrath Chosen block, a Greed Warrior block, and then he had some Knights and a couple other small things on the board, so Basically, just decided that I couldn't really push at him until I got rid of the Helma, which I did manage to magic that off over a couple of two or three rounds of magic. Um, So he couldn't really use the portals very much in that game, which was good. He did get uh, the wrath blocking behind me, but I had positioned enough stuff that I had things to counter charge and chaff him. Um, And then the, the kind of big kind of combat in that game was he charge his foresworn block into my bruisers and i had the general in there so i was like oh, i don't really care because i'm like ap4 d3 wounds um and if he pops into wretched ones i've got a flaming banner so i was like i'll just hold on to the flaming banner and i'll pop that when he breaks because he should lose this combat mm. um i won and then he held the fucking general was rolling like i think i hit him once and then I didn't wound him, and then I think I wounded him once in the second round of combat, and then rolled a one on the D3, and I was just like, oh, this is just absolutely horrendous. And then at that point, he managed to get his general into the, his herald general into the flank of the unit. Um, but by that point, I think that was probably a mistake, because he was losing the grind, and eventually popped the last of the Forsworn, which was funny, actually, because the Forsworn never actually turned into Wretched Ones because he just wasn't losing combat by enough to fail the, the, his re rollable. Oh, t- of
1: course, because they have to pop completely, right? Yeah, 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 okay.
3: Yeah, So, like, there was just enough of them at the end. That that never, ever, ever came to it. So, turned round, and then the general turned up and did managed to sneak two wins through. He failed both Aegis saves, and then I rolled the D D3 and did, like, five or six wins in one go. So... Whoa. Nice. For him, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was just like, oh. and it was one of these things, that was bittersweet because I was like, oh, I'm so happy he fucking did that because he should have been doing that for the last two rounds. Um, and then I also felt really bad for Luke because I was like, Oh, you've, that's really unlucky failing both ages saves and then me rolling like five wins on you in one go. So, um, the other star performer of that game was the BSB because he had pinned me for so long and the rapid guys had gotten in behind. Um, it put me in a difficult position because at that point I couldn't quite chaff him properly, so I was like the BSB had to leave the Merc and stand in front of the Chosen and act as chaff to stop the Chosen from getting into the flank of the Bruisers that were still fighting the Herald at that point. Mm -hmm. I managed to get off Smite on the Chosen and at that point I was like do you know, even with like 19 attacks you're hitting on fours because of parry and then you're wounded on fours and then I've got a four up, four up because you're only AP2 now. And he just, he just couldn't do enough to me. And it, 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 I was surprised it worked. I was like, you know what, the math checks out. This should work. But then I was like, using like a 500-point BSB as chaff it seems a bit mental. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it worked. So um, I was pretty happy about that. And um, he managed to get the secondary in the end because the... It was that was the Spoils of War secondary game, and it was looking like it was going to be a draw, but again, because of the my general's unit got pinned for so long, when they actually managed to kill the Herald in turn it was his turn next, and he had a flank charge with five chosen, which had like paired weapons, and I was like, that's like, that's a lot of attacks in the flank, yeah. that you will pop me, and I had to flee but it meant that I gave up the secondary, but kept the points for the characters in the unit, so it was worth it in the end because it ended up being a a 10-10 because he got the secondary. So it was kind of like the flip of the first game. Um, But it was good.
1: Um, I guess if you hadn't have fled, you would have lost the unit and the secondary though, right? Yeah, Yeah,
3: exactly. So definitely the right call. But he was definitely unlucky at points with his magic. Um, Not doing very much, but um, yeah, I was just relieved that (laughs) <laughs> they got away because i was like i'm going to flee now but i'm going to be out of bsb range and then i think it's probably like my one good move of the whole event that i measured it that when i held in the chosen fight the bsb could reform in such way that to put himself within 12 of the fleeing unit so i would get the reroll i ended up ended up not needing the reroll but i was like god i'm glad i checked that because if i hadn't and i didn't roll the nine then that unit would have been off the board and it would have been like a 1200 point swing or something mental. So um so game three was pretty tight. Game four, uh back to playing Dread Elves again. Uh and I was playing staff from the PTG guys. And his list was fucking nasty. He had two Krakens, so two models that hit on threes with hatred and do D3 wins against my whole army. I was like, I don't want to fight those. <laughs> Like, my general can't even reliably kill that in one go, um, because he goes before me. And even if I charge, it doesn't matter, because my impact hits can't kill him.
1: And distracting as well, aren't they? That's it.
3: So I'm hitting him on fours, and I've okay. only got five attacks. So it's like, pff, I've got to get really lucky to kill that. And it doesn't take him being too lucky to kill me before I even swing,
0: because
3: yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get my armor save. I'm only going to have my Aegis. So um, it would have been like the Herald fight. It it, it it wouldn't have had to go in that badly for me to lose my journal so I basically just decided to turtle up in the on one side and just say I'm gonna go for a small loss and try and contest the secondary. It didn't work. Um I miscast with Wrath of God's turn one or like super early in the game and, and and lost the spell. So I didn't really have any great way of like putting pressure on his blocks. And then on the one side, it just it was a bit of a chicken match between my Tuskers and one of his units of um, Militants, which were next to the Adjudicators. And I was like, even if I charge you and kill you, the Adjudicators take me off, and I need that unit to try and contest secondary late game. So it was quite standoffish. He just magicked and shot me. And then uh, I failed an eight Swift strides onto his Militants last turn, to contest the secondary he had managed to get um uh, what's it called the debuff from cosmo that reduces movement
1: oh uh truth time
3: yeah he managed to get truth of time off i think i actually saved dice to dispel it and it was just one of those things where despite having more dice i just couldn't dispel his cast so he got it off on them and that is what that's what made the difference um, I actually forgot and rolled the swift stride roll and made it. And I was like, Oh, no, you need to roll two more dice. I was like, Oh, and I rolled a three and a four.
1: Ah,
3: right. like, I just needed like two fours to make it, and I, I didn't. So,
1: yeah, Mar um, and I were watching this. Um, and we were, oh, yeah, we're trying
3: to work out what was going on.
1: Yeah, because when you <laughs> rolled the eight, because we were like, Oh, so he's made it, and then you fail charged, and we, we were trying to figure out what had gone wrong, but that explains yeah, it.
3: Yeah, so that was that was wrong. So he. Definitely got more points and got the secondary turn six. So uh, I went down 16-4 in the end. So I made, it wasn't a good match and I could have just pushed, but my fear was I can't really fight anything. Even if I charge the adjudicators with the Merc Vets, my impact hits don't do enough and he swings first and he should kill at least four of my unit. And then I just don't do enough to him to, to break him. And he grinds me out. So, saved all the characters. Saved a lot of the list, but um, made a couple of mistakes with certain units. So, I maybe played too many points in that game, but it was never going to be a good matchup. Um,
2: I heard Cosmo was the worst lore in the game, no? uh,
3: According to Fraz, but what the the fuck? best lore in the game. game? (laughs) it sounds it. It's so good. Especially for, for Dread Elves. Gives you so much. Two good range damage options. You can buff, speed... Um, which is apparently a weakness in the Dread off book um <laughs> you can also buff your your fucking shooting it's really fucking good um and when you've got two adepts with div and um alchemy you've got all the augments in the world to buff your three units of militants that you don't want to fight it's just so strong you
2: just get more and more buffed, don't they and more we'll buffed buff the yeah. car the better they get
3: it's like what buffs do you want me to have what are you going to stop because <laughs> I've got four more that I can cast on that one just for fuck's sake um so yeah it wasn't a good game so it was a bit sad to go down as much as it did but I mean it was pretty chill um and then the last game I played James and his vampires and that was actually a little bit more open that was quite good um there was a little bit more back and forth in that game so it made it a little bit more interesting to play um made the. I told myself don't don't let the spawn get out of line of sight. And then I had to play the gut out of line of sight. And then <laughs> that basically like pinned one side, but the other side of the table was going quite well. And I managed to get the Merc Vets and the giant into one of his skelly blocks. It wasn't buffed. And I basically didn't do enough. I basically needed to do one more wind for that unit to crumble, overrun and hit the wraiths, kill the wraiths, because he only had like five left, five or six. And then on his turn, Pivot, and then I've got a charge on my next turn and that would have really opened up the game a bit but um my giant charged in uh d3 impacts d6 stomps and five attacks he did one wound to skeletons <laughs> so I I just ended up getting stuck there for like a whole other turn
1: god compare that to our practice game that we played just before the event and that the, one of your giants got in the flank of one of the skeleton blocks and just ground it uh, out two turns yeah, yeah. so like okay
3: it was just just a nightmare so but I mean it was it was pretty good. Uh, I think the last turn of the game he similar thing happens he threw dice at a magical move and then I just couldn't dispel it with my dice and that basically saved him his necromancer and his zombie unit which also meant that he could um, stop me from getting secondary because he had two spells that i needed to stop um, and if I'd obviously gotten the wizard, he would have only had the one and it would have been an easy dispel roll because I've got to save all my dice. Um, but he ended up doing enough to take the Tuskers off the the King of the Hill. So uh, it ended up being a 10-10. So bit of a a roller coaster of a ride of a tournament. Um, none of the games went spectacularly well. Um, disappointed I got 20 because that's the first time I've been 20 in a long time. Um, and... Even when things were going well, it didn't seem like they were going that well type of thing. It was like kind of small victories here and there. Um, But it was good to play Ogres against a bunch of new opponents. Um, It would have been nice if I'd managed to get a better mix of armies to play against. But um, all my opponents were lovely and I'd play them again. So can't really complain on that front. So finished up with a mighty 35 points, maybe? Maybe. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was 35, because I think James had one more point than me. So I think he ended up on 36. Um, so not great. Not my best performance. Not my worst performance. So kind of, <laughs> can't can get too sad.
1: Well. Um,
3: Where did you know, that for... leave
1: you in
2: the leaderboard, then? Pretty low. Like...
3: Uh, if, I think if Andrew had done top 10 and bottom 10 I probably would have been in that bottom 10 but thankfully he only did the bottom three <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like 63rd or something yeah, like that no, six, not very 63rd,
1: good. 63rd 35 points yeah not good Harsh. <sighs> well that's,
3: okay. that's how it goes
1: I mean I think you were you were unlucky in a couple of games and and that staff game that I watched I thought you played the first three times really well I just play really defensive, and then there was a point where I thought you could have pushed out quite aggressively. Cause I he think gave that... me a
3: uh, yeah, gave me a charge with the mercs.
1: Yeah, mispositioned mis- something, didn't he? And
3: uh, it would have been like a nine Swiss stride, but then i would have needed like a an eight or a nine inch overrun. And I was like, is this too many ifs? Because if I fail any of these, that unit's fucked.
1: And See, I'm I just taking that all day long.
3: <laughs> I mean I'm slugging it I'm it out on table, you know, hundred and five. So maybe I should have taken it. But <laughs> like I just I don't know, my mentality in those instances is like just don't give up points. Just don't
1: take risks. You're just such a team points. player. <laughs> Solos is wasted on you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm just built for the team tournament game. But like I don't know. I just kind of feel like I'm not doing very well, and I, I I don't want to do worse than I'm doing right now. So I'll just hold on to the points that I've got and see what happens. Um, but yeah, but that's how it goes. Um, I didn't want to make a bad matchup potentially a route, So yeah, I'll take my I'll take my four points and, and be happy with it in that game. <laughs> Well, what about you, man? How did your uh, tournament All right,
1: go? Wait a minute. Let's just crack open a little beer before we get there.
3: Yeah.
1: It went better than mine, so it didn't go that bad.
3: Right. Could have gone worse.
1: Yeah, they're round children. So, <laughs> round one was against uh, the lovely Jake Cortine with the Feral Dwarves, which was a really bad matchup because Jake had basically just spammed the Torok, the big boy Torok, and it's just too much Toughness 5 good armour for my list to deal with. And this was something that I think the list across the event, I just kind of—I didn't think enough about what other people were going to bring. I was just kind of focused on, "Oh, I've got a cool idea. I want to play that," um, which probably acted against me in a couple of games. But um, I just didn't have enough high damage stuff or reliable high damage stuff to really deal with them. However, I think I played really fucking well that game, um, and it w- there was a couple of points where it, it was very touch and go in terms of, you know, this was looking like a draw, or even like a win to me at a couple of points. Um, but, yeah, I think I played really well. I uh, played really defensive, obviously, because it was, it was a bad matchup, and I used the terrain really well. I, I was I was very chuffed how it went, despite the fact that I, I lost 15-5, because um, it was actually 12, and he, he got the objective in the last turn, uh, which was a bit of a push from him as well to get it. Um, so, overall, although you know, 15-5 is not great for the first round, I was happy about how it played. Um, in the second game, I got drawn against uh, the lovely Jack Austin, which was awesome because I've known Jack for years and I've never played against him. It was the same with Jake, like I've known Jake for years and I've never played against him. So that was cool. Um, Jack was using Sylvan Elves and he was one of the the Rafter players bringing in the three gigantic models. So he had uh, an avatar, a tree man and a dragon and then just loads of shooting in the list and uh, a block of dryads with a dryad ancient for holding on to objectives. Um, again, I think I played this really well. And this was probably the swingiest game I've played in living memory. I, I can't remember <laughs> a game that went as mental as this. Because it, at one point, like end of turn two, I thought, I'm going to 20 him here. Because the dragon was in the backfield just casting the 15 uh, inch aura, 10 gram of pain, and all these pathfinders are dying. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how the list is meant to work. This is great. <laughs> um, and then he gave me a charge on uh, the avatar with um, the knights in the front and fl- uh, the spawn in the flank. Now, anything involving spawn tells you that this doesn't go well. <laughs> um, and I thought, even if because he, he's stubborn, so even if I don't kill him, I, I should kick the shit out of him in the charge. I was trying to work it out in my head, and I was like, yeah, I think I kicked the shit out of him. I charge, I did one wound or two wounds.
3: Yeah, sounds about right.
1: Um, Mental. And like, Mental. Jack was Jack was like, I gave you it because I think on average you do three wounds. And he's probably right, but in my head I was like, that's bollocks. Like, that's that shouldn't really happen, should it? But I guess with the, you know, the, the toughness six versus the spawn, um, uh, I mean, strength five and the, the five-up pages it is quite swingy. But I was really, because that meant that the Avatar basically just cleaned them up and the Avatar was like, basically free. And this was after the Dark Coach charged a tree man turn one and died.
3: Did the <laughs> tree man or, or
1: died in the, on the way or he died to the tree man and right, like yeah. i didn't even i didn't need them to win that combat i just needed them to pin that tree man long enough for mother stuff to get around i just thought oh, fucking coach this isn't the this isn't the last time it fucks me over this turn. how
3: many attacks does
1: the tree man have five
3: so did he just do enough to pop you or did he just fucking
1: kill you oh so he killed me and then i crumbled because i think i did oh, like, right, okay. I, I don't even know if i did a wound fucking hell um so yeah so that, that wasn't great um So, like, it went from going, I'm going to 20 this guy, to, fuck, I'm going to get 20. (laughs) 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 And it was, honestly, it went up and down, and then Jack got really unlucky mid-game. Like, his his dice just betrayed him really badly. Like, his his shooting just wasn't doing enough. Um, And then his dryads, he had two charges in the middle of the field to really get into my back lines. And then he would have basically just cleared up all our core and the necro bunker. And I think he needed, like, one needed a six and one needed a seven, and he failed them both. I mean, that was brutal, really, really brutal. And then the last couple turns, he just, uh, again, he just got a little bit unlucky when he needed that little bit of the rub, and the Dragon picked up, I think the Dragon got about 2,000 points that game, Whoa. and
0: he just fucking
1: cleaned up shot. But uh, Jack won the objective, uh, but it was at 11.9 to me. But honestly, that could have gone, that could have very easily have been a 20 either way. Yeah. It was just a mental game, but it was it was good. To-
3: I mean, for a swingy game an 11-9, at least it wasn't like, you know, an 18-2 or a 15-5 or 16, you know what I mean? Like, it was still oh, sure a pretty respectable is. score for both of these. So.
1: We were kind of sitting at the end, we were like, how is that right? Because it feels like one of us should be shafted right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was uh, an incredible game, but it was just mental. And um, I, I would not blame Jack for feeling hard done by that game, because it really could have gone massive either way. Um, so then that meant for round three, I was playing Tony Hale. Uh, with his demon legions and again i feel like i played well i made one big mistake this game and i was just too aggressive with the dragon because i I misdeployed the dragon i put him too far out in one flank and it meant that he was i felt that i I, I panicked a little bit turn two because i was like oh he's he's too far away from the action i need to get him push him in field
3: this is marching columns
1: yeah which isn't great anyway for for um so yeah I, i misdeployed him play too aggressive and I was actually lucky in that I lost the dragon, but he took out a blazing glory and a unit of the blowflies in return, which was a decent decent trade given the circumstances. Um, and I think Tony maybe misplayed it because I, I think he it was a better matchup than he thought it was, and he was quite cagey uh, when he probably should have just pushed it really aggressively at me because like he had like the more opposite my two blocks of forty skeletons, and the skeletons were just going fuck, please don't come this way.
0: <laughs> Just don't,
1: please don't come this way. Um, and he kind of—he was a bit too tentative. Um, and then he gave me a ten on dice charge with the spawn into a unit of the Hellhounds, which I got, and that got the spawn into the the backfield. So the spawn actually did all right here. But then the uh, the coach charged the unit Hoarders in the front, and the spawn charged it in the rear. That combat went on for six rounds of combat.
2: Oh uh, God! <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of grinds going on.
1: Christ, those hoarders are hard work like to get through. And this was with buffs as well, because the necro was there just throwing fucking everything. He was throwing kitchen sinks at it to try and get these guys buffed up. But uh, yeah, he, he ground out the spawn, and the the coach survived just... Um, but fuck me, that was brutal. Um, so I was up on points, but he won the objective because the Myrmidons took the the objective. The Skellons had a moment of glory in this game because they got a flank charge into the Myrmidons. <laughs>
0: <Thanks. laughs> and... Uh,
1: I was like, this is it. This is the moment where the skeletons really fucking come home. And uh, I think they did one wound. I was like, you fuckers. <laughs> just had to do a couple wounds. <laughs> they hit really well as well. They got my hopes up. They did like nine hits and I was like, oh, this is good. And then it was like one wound. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was, that was another good game. Um, I think it played well, but I was, that one, I was too aggressive with the dragon because I panicked a little bit and that cost me actually in the game. I should have just been a bit more conservative. Mm-hmm. Also in that game, a uh, Vampire Knight champion was engaged in combat with a unit of Islodons for four turns. Um, <laughs> and just couldn't fucking kill them. And it, it was, it was kind of like another up and down moment because the sentinel was just standing there waiting for when the vampire would inevitably kill these Islodons where he could just spear the shit out of them. Uh, I mean the but the, were there in this unit? I think there was four when he charged. And it was just the champion left. So I had three attacks. And I thought, oh, I do like maybe two wounds, and then he'll fail his test and he'll, he'll die. But I just wasn't wounding, and it, it took me four turns to get through them, four rounds of combat. Uh, which actually, it was it was going from like, right, I need to win this turn, and then it went into um, into my turn. I was like, right, I can't win this turn because if I kill him now, he's going to get magic missiles. So please keep rolling <laughs> shit. It's like, yes, <laughs> right, come on, roll now. Oh no, fuck, you fucked it again. So, uh, yeah, but it was a good game. I played well, just apart from the, the dragon. That, that was a costly error. Uh, game four, I was against Jordan Bladen, the lovely Jordan, uh, who's another one who I've known for years and just never played. Um, and he had a horrendous uh, vermin list where it was, like, 18 gisels, a Demon, a Plague Pendulum, loads of the, the footpad shooting guys, Gutter okay. Blades, Slaves, catapult and double, catapults? Uh, double Catapult.
3: Double
1: Catapult. Uh, So it was was horrendous on paper. So I just thought, right, I'm just going to push really hard at it. And I did. And uh, again, I think I played really well. This one just put lots of pressure on them. The Dragon did really well again. And by the end of turn two, I had an altar and a dark coach in the backfield on one side and the Dragon in the backfield on the other. And Jordan ended up conceding at the end of turn three. And I I got the 20. I don't think that would have been a 20 in practice, though. I I tried to convince him of this because I, I can't fight the pendulum unless I just combo charge it with the world. Um, so I think he was always going to get points out of it, but it was looking at that point that it was it was going to be a bad day in the He's office. Brooke just
3: broke his soul, poor man. He just I think,
1: to be fair, Jordan, I think he just like couldn't be fucked anymore.
3: <laughs> well, fair
1: enough. I, he was sitting on the couch with his wife, and his wife was watching telly, and he was like, why am I just making myself sad playing this game? I was so watching <laughs> <laughs> which is, Fair enough. Which is, yeah, it was fair enough. So I, I got a 20 there, even though I probably didn't deserve it. Um, and then that took me to the final round when I played, uh, the lovely Che from the Vale Renegades, the only Welshman in the Vale Renegades, apparently. So it was nice <laughs> to play the, the full article. And,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> yet again, I think I played, I played really well the first two turns and Che, I, I think Che deployed badly and that he kind of cornered with Beast turrets, which was exactly what I wanted because it meant I could contain him. And the only thing I really had to worry about was the ambushers and the dragon had the potential just to like really pick up points in this game, but in turn I think it was turn two or three the coach charged a Chafty's unit of Minos with uh unit of bats uh so that basically if he was to charge, he was gonna get in such a way that because the the spawn had flown over that he was gonna get charged by unit skeletons a black coach and a unit of spawn, and like that that unit's dead at that point there's just i I hate Minos but even they can't get themselves out yeah of they situation. can't take that <laughs> um And the dark coach had, so the the minos were chaffed and there was a, he's general on the razor tusk and the centaurs like miles away on on the flank. And they could have charged the bats, but it was so, it was angled so that if the minos didn't charge the bats, they would hit the minos on the overrun. So they weren't going to be a threat. Um, and if the minos charged them, then again, it wouldn't have mattered. But so I thought, right. So he, he chaffed me with Gargoyle and I thought right the, the coach will charge these guys clear them and then that basically clears me out because he didn't really need to charge he didn't need to chaff me with the gargoyles at that point because the coach really couldn't have done anything the coach wasn't going to solo into the the minos at that point I charged then there was four gargoyles left because they'd taken a pentagram of pain and I didn't kill them there was one left <laughs> and
2: isn't the dark coach the one with the uh That's got a vampire on top, hasn't it? So
1: the dark coach gets d6 plus one strength five impact hits. He gets he's got a vampire courtier in the back. Yeah. With four offensive six strength five attacks. (laughs) He's got two horses at strength four, and he's got a wraith with a strength five ap10 great weapon. By the way, my wraith this is a legit stat because it worked out. My (laughs) wraith across five games scored three hits across (laughs) the entire tournament.
3: (laughs) Sounds like my fucking great gun.
1: But yeah, so he went in, there was one left, and I failed my seven discipline restraint check. And then I rolled an 11 on the overrun, or the pursue, which took me into combat with the, the minos. And it just, that was just fucking game over. Because then what he did was, he charged the centaurs and the, the chariot into the bats. Because mm-hmm. now, because of the positioning, he could overrun with the centaurs into the flank of the dark coach, fight it mm-hmm. in turn, overrun, and you needed like an eight or something to overrun into the spawn, who were positioned perfectly to <laughs> gangbang the Minos, not expecting that this coach was going to give the the Centaurs an overrun into them. And I fucking just dropped the head. I did the one thing that I criticise a lot of players for when something goes wrong, like because I think a lot of people just drop the head and like they end up rolling over. And I I did exactly that. And I apologise to Shea if he's listening because I think I just I just went really quiet and I was just fucking annoyed at myself.
3: I was playing James at this point, and uh, Andrew jumped into the error game. I was like, oh, can we get a quick rule in here? Is this uh, is this centaur charge in the front of the flank? And I could tell, I was like, oh, I'm just not having a good game. Yeah. That's not going well. <laughs> yeah. And, uh,
1: just... yeah. But well, what was worse is that I compounded the error. And this was something that after the game, I was just so focused on that dark coach fucking that. I I think that was the mistake that lost me that game there. Because I lost 19-1 this game, because he got the objective as well. That was absolutely not the error that sealed the game. Basically, at that point, he meant that he was going to get all the the killy stuff on that side of the field. So I was going to lose at that point, but I pushed really aggressive with the dragon, because I thought, all right, I've got to get points now, or I'm going to go down big. And then that just let him get in combat with the dragon, which he Mm -hmm. killed when I should have just used the dragon to pick off points from range and zone the objective and get the secondary, which would have actually brought the game to probably something reasonable, like a small loss. Mm. Um, so, of all the games, this is the one that's actually haunted me over the last few days, <laughs> because it wasn't actually the dark coach, despite the fact that I got really, really, fixated on that. It was my poor play in the aftermath of that. And, uh, fair play to Che, like, he played what was in front of him. And, uh, Yeah, he punished me for that. And I think that's what... It was funny, I was listening to the Paired Weapon podcast and Matt was talking about um, that he feels like he's been playing actually all right, but he just keeps getting pumped and he can't really understand why. And uh, I was having a chat with James and Fraz and they were the same thing. They were like, I think we're playing okay, but we're just getting pumped. And I feel that that's kind of my takeaway, that I I feel like I actually played pretty well across the event, but um, I'm disappointed. I I got 46 points in the end. uh, So I came uh somewhere i got sorry i got 47 points i came 38th but i felt like i played better than that
2: but che who you played last game got ninth from that win so
1: yeah just go to show how close it really was yeah exactly and like that's what i was kind of thinking if i could score big there then i would have gone up but i i didn't play didn't play near as well as i should have in that last game it I is really hard to,
2: me. you know, when, when something goes horribly wrong, you weren't expecting to not just bottle it and give up. It's uh, really it's just, tough. Yeah. I, I
1: think... would like to think that I'm experienced enough not to do that, though. So I think that's what I'm just annoyed at myself for letting, like, put myself in that position. But, ugh, at the end of the day, like, I had five great games, five great opponents
2: that's um, when you normally go for a fag break or something and uh, <laughs> get my head together
1: <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that actually, because we were talking about this like uh, james Fraz and i where like see if you were at an event and this was an actual event and you had like a rough game like that you would go get a pint and you'd go and have a proper good moan to your pals and you just get it all out it'd be like a therapy session yeah. whereas <laughs> after that game i was so annoyed at myself and the dark coach in particular and I sat there and I tried to moan to Jordan about it, and she was just like, <laughs> "What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> no sympathy." <laughs> she's like, "Does that not like happen though?" And I'm like, "No, Jordan, you don't understand." That hate me? <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I missed that kind of group therapy session that you have at an event. But yeah, I, I didn't. I, I absolutely deserved to, to get pumped that last game because I didn't play well. So finished up on 47. Uh, which I'm annoyed at because I would have liked to at least got 50, 10 from 10, but it is what it is. Uh, how, did,
2: how did you find the altars of undeath? Oh, I loved them. Yeah? Um,
1: yeah, like they're still pretty pricey, there's 3 dollars each, but the, yeah, they, they're pretty good. I think it's definitely a double or nothing. Um, and they synergize really well with the dragon on occultism, just because mm-hmm. you can just, like, there was one point in the game against Jack where I had two altars Firing off, and I had the dragon in the middle casting the uh, the aura version of pentagram of pain. So like, pathfinders were taking like three d6 strength four hits and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, They're no, quite I, resilient as well, aren't they? Like, like
3: res five, you get a res four?
1: five, four up, it, uh, five up, four up, regen. They cause terror, and they've got d6 strength five impact hits, and they've actually got nine strength three attacks as well, which is you know not great, okay. but it's with, red, like, three shit. yeah with the, the impact hits like, that you plug away at wounds like so
3: yeah i mean even if you're running it more pushy i guess you can just have them teaming up with the coach and then you've just got three chariots that'll do pretty well
1: well this is it like i think the first couple of games i probably played too defensive with the the altars because i thought oh they're not really meant to be fighting stuff mm. but i've tried to use them more aggressively in the last last couple games in a couple of practice games since and especially in conjunction with the black coach or the dragon and they work really really well so i think that's definitely the key and like the list overall i'm actually happy with the spawn were bad and they're absolutely getting cut but like the the 40 man blocks of skeletons are really cost effective because mm. you don't expect them to do much so when they do something like hold an objective or beat off a unit you're like yes lads on you go <laughs> <laughs> um i guess fast. as
3: well like being able to raise them up so quickly is really nice because even if you're taking off like you know 15 20 or a, a turn through magic and shooting you can still easily get 10 plus back in a magic phase
1: yeah for sure like if you put the if the necros cast it and you put the the gates on them as well yeah. it's d6 plus five yeah so you know they're pretty resilient and it's not like I think some people get it in their head that like, oh it's VC like I can't get through him in one turn so I'm not going to be able to charge him which is a false economy in most circumstances. Um, but actually with those Skelly blocks they they just they catch stuff and the one thing you can't allow is like an elite unit getting caught in them while there's two altars flying about because the altars are hitting them in combat and they just like stuff like elves are just going to get munched. So I think I really enjoyed playing the list that was the big plus of the tournament actually. Really enjoyed the list really liked the dragon and uh, that I'll be taking that forward which takes us on actually at a nice segue and uh, we'll go back to Kev now because there's been too much sadness in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so Kev from the, the pinnacle of the the event um has this changed how you're thinking about like constructing your list going forward because obviously the Cyclops were a bit of a an experiment are you, you carrying them on or are you kind of going back to your previous style list?
2: it's tricky i'll probably still go back to my previous style list just because that's sort of what i'm aiming for my painting and my models you know i've yeah. got a list already in my head that i want to get on the tabletop so that's kind of what i'm aiming for but i was really surprised by the cyclops even in the, that last game they were pretty shit but you know i had some really fun games with them where they were just doing ridiculous things in combat that they just shouldn't do and it's a lot of fun when they do that. And, you know, even the throwing weapons are good. So, yes, yeah, so I'd very, i like the triple Cyclops. I think there's there's legs in that, which uh, Tim's been raving about for years anyway. So, you know, he's yeah. obviously on something. I was surprised by the Tucks without Druidism, because I thought obviously with Druidism, they're amazing. They do insane things. But even without it, they were still really good and hard and survived a lot of games which uh, did take me by surprise.
1: So how much do you think that the... And this is maybe something we can talk a little bit about uh, more generally, but how much do you think the 5,000 points played into this? Because obviously with the triple Cyclops and the the, the double gore that's like maximum target saturation for, for a lot of armies. They just don't have enough firepower to spread across. So how do you convert that into a 4,500-point list? Is that actually an issue, or...? Do you think there's ways to get around that in
2: 4,500? No, one of the monsters would have to get cut in 4,500. You can't squeeze them in. And it's whether you go just two Cyclops and two gortux, or... That's still pretty
1: good, right? That sounds good, anyway, on paper.
2: Yeah, that is still quite good. There's nothing to complain about. What's
1: the the points
3: difference between a Cyclops and a Giant with a club?
2: Uh, Like 10 points. Cyclops is about 10 points more. Okay, so you're actually getting... You're getting the Aegis save, which is the big thing.
3: And you're getting some range, which is nice when they do hit.
2: Yeah. oh Yeah, you don't get the Rage hits and things like that, but, you know, I'll, I'll take the Aegis save instead, to be honest. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I, I, I just think they're better for their points. Um, but, yeah, no one's really running them. So, yeah, there's a gap there somewhere. But I, what I did miss, like, the Razor Tusk chariot, you know, and the extra boost to charge ranges and stuff like that that mm. was sorely missed the characters i would i'm still keeping all of them
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm annoyed i'm gonna have to paint a bloody soothsayer on a chariot
1: now. <laughs> yeah so how did you find it the, the chariot lord because this is something that you know quite a lot of armies are making quite good uses Like there's a lot of warriors lists with chariot uh, sorcerers yeah. and things um it's-
2: I, uh, again, I was very lucky in my matchup, and there was no, he had no like range threat coming his way, really. Right. Except for those Forge Wardens that killed him, but that was, yeah. You know, besides that, <laughs> cannons and stuff would have ruined him. If there were any cannons knocking about, that would have been the end of him. But then there's target saturation in there. Are they cannoning him, or are they going to cannon the Gortarts or the yeah, Cyclops exactly. or the Minos? Yeah. You know, that's kind of it. But yeah, he's, he's definitely a keeper because he, he's a baller. Uh, they're going to have to do something about him at some point because it's just, it's just so good. I guess combat res is the only thing that sort of lets him down in that he doesn't have a lot of damage output with only three attacks. Yeah, the strength five and he gets re rolls to hit, but it, it doesn't take much for him to whiff and the rest of the crew to do nothing.
3: Is it really just his survivability that makes him so good then?
2: Yeah, it's really hard for people to get any wounds through on him. you know.
3: But so re-rolling success, successful is right.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with shamanism and the uh, attribute scarification, it's normally you win one of five. Yeah, at, at least. least. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. most people put a um, talisman of shielding on him as well to give him five off Aegis, which makes him even more survivable. But I, could, I just couldn't afford it. I did have mm. the
1: yeah, But It okay. comes hard work if he's got that as well,
2: eh? Yeah. It's, it's, it's something bonkers like you need to do 27 hits on him to get a wound through. Something like that. Right, it's bonkers. Uh, The Mino Warlord, I was happy with, even though he was sort of diminished in his normal kit outfitting because he didn't have the crown of horns, he didn't have the obsidian rock, but he doesn't need it. (laughs) Mm. Like you don't, you don't use him for his leadership bubble, even though he is discipline nine. That's not what he's there for, you know.
1: I mean, what is he like six attacks, rerolling a hit, Mm rerolling a wound, strength six yeah oh, if he's divine, Yeah, fuck me like, he's just an absolute blender
2: that's it. and I don't know how you can stop him to be honest unless you've got really good magic missiles or cannons you know the way you do beat him is if he's in a unit of minos then you just throw the fucking world at the minos yeah, yeah it exactly. doesn't matter how much yeah. output he's doing he's going to run because he just lost combat by too much you know that's really the only way of ever getting rid of him
3: and then does he have, does he have friends as well
2: he does have frenzy, so yeah, you can try frenzy baiting him, but he's disciplined nine.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then you've got the BSP nearby as so. well.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it, it, that's it's hard work that. He's just so hard, <laughs> and I love him for it. It's nice to have something so reliable because I'm sure Paul can attest when you're running around with chosen lords and they put them in fights, you guarantee they're going to win. They'll fuck it. they will all yeah. like four ones to hit. <laughs> it's, just I, oh, it's, shit
3: a lot of the time I think when you when you're worried about things like parry and lack of attacks you think oh, I'll go paired weapons but then that normally fucks you in some other way where you're not wounding as well yeah exactly so I mean the it's just a combination of fucking rerolls to hit with battle focus like this is kind of like this is your whole build around the ghouls right Andrew like when you're on your strug list that's what makes them so fucking scary yeah with, with poison it's just like oh my god it's just
1: it's the reliability,
3: yeah, you're
2: absolutely right. Yeah. It's insane. same. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, when I run my KO with me and you get 12 knights charging into something, you'll end up doing a wound or something. It doesn't mm-hmm. take much to fluff, and it's just really irritating, so it's nice to have that reliability.
3: Is he the best combat character in the game right now? I, I
1: think would say so. so. Point for point, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's anything.
3: There. Yeah, you're not really breaking the bank, are you, with 600-odd points?
2: i can't think of any character who's actually lost combat to in a challenge the only one who scares me is like a chosen lord with a burning portent
3: or like what about like a dwarf king do you do you, do you kill him in a round
2: i'll go first so yeah normally so yeah if dwarves had some sort of uh, agility debuff on him then
3: that'd be a problem but they don't luckily is that the one thing they don't have in their book yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that and <bear> calf. <laughs> Ooh,
1: spicy. <laughs> yeah, like I've I, I, tried with multiple different vampire count builds to go one-on-one with the minor lord, and I, I think I've maybe won once, and that was just because Nick could roll well. Um, Even something like a really killy uh, Brotherhood of the Dragon vampire, I think you need to get lucky.
2: You've got to have a one-up re-rollable armor save, and then you have to stop the totem that increases the AP of the, the Mino Lord. Um,
1: well, that's, that's a, this is something... Hope. When I played Shea, um, he had a, he had the, the same guy, the Mario Kart uh, Soothsayer. I yeah. think he maybe cast three Shamanism spells across the game. The rest was all tomes.
2: Oh, I'm the complete opposite. I never use the fucking totems. I always oh, forget.
1: It was brutal, because he had the BSB, who's got the 18-inch range, and then he, he'd given... Lots of the unit champions, the totem upgrade. Okay. And it was just like, you're, you're fucked whatever you do. Like, do you stop Awaken the Beast? And he gets off the agility one and the AP and stuff like that. And there was one point in that game that I made the mistake that, because uh, the game was quite long as well. And I, I, again, I def- it was an unforced error where I was trying to speed up the game and he cast Awaken the Beast for his first dice, and I threw everything at it just to get rid of it. Uh, when the centaurs charged my vampire knights, there was only four centaurs left. So I was like, oh, I strike first, I'll kill them. I'm not actually bothered about that. You can have waking the beast, um, and then he, cost, he cast he casts that agility totem, which I forgot about. So he <sighs> went first and he killed the knights. Yeah, that's it. It's very just nice that, that over, overlapping buff, right? It's just really
2: fucking hard to deal with. When someone stops your shamanism spell first, and you have like five v nothing, it, that's a nice spot to be in because you're like, yeah, so I get to cast some totems for free. <laughs> I've got to worry about them dispelling it.
1: And all the totems are good. Oh and yeah. It's not like there's like you know. It's not like the, the flame and Suno one, where it's so situational.
2: <laughs> no, every single one is uh, fantastic. The only one I don't really cast that often is the MR3 in hard target, but, you know, you'll get the odd game where you do need that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So against, my, against Mark Greensill and his Quattro, I use that on the Gortart to, you know, stop him from casting spells at him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just dissuades the Pyro missiles, right? So. Yeah. Oh, brutal, brutal, brutal. So... Basically, although this was a success, basically sticking to what the 4,500-point the list was before.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, there will be some changes. As you say, I will go on the chariot. Yeah, I'll, yeah,
1: okay. I'll
2: keep, I'm not mad, man. Um, <laughs> what I did miss, I didn't have any chaff in my list. I had nothing to chaff people with.
1: Ah, okay.
2: You know, so that was a, a big weakness, but... Did you no think one, you really missed it? No, not really. I didn't have a lot of chaff to, against me, and when I did... You just lob like Cyclops at them or whatever. You know, okay. they they became Chaff most of the time. <laughs> the Chaff Clops, <laughs> as they get called. <laughs> but like, Monsters are actually really good Chaff because they can just clip a corner of a unit and then you're like, you're only getting one file in, and I still get Thunder Stomp and all my other attacks. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's still uh, legs in Monsters. Definitely, they become Chaff and you don't need
1: actual Chaff anymore. It's funny you say that because, Paul, we had discussion about this before the championship where I was saying that I'd looked at a lot of tournament lists and the lists that were scoring high actually didn't have a lot of chaff in them. Most lists had one unit of chaff and some had none. And I, I thought, you know, is that maybe something that's changing that people are finding ways to get away without chaff?
3: I, like, I know I've seen Dan on the forums talking about chaff and stuff before and I know he's, he's said in the past, like, you know, you don't really need chaff. And that is just, that just goes over my head because I'm just not that, you know, good a player. I need something to stick in front of shit that I don't want to fight or I need to be able to set up a charge. And, you know, I'm just not at that level. But I guess when you've got units that are multi-purpose, that it's just like, I don't necessarily need chaff, but I need a roadblock that I can put in front of you that you won't break. Or that if you do, it's going to do so much damage to you back that it's it's advantageous for me so it's mm. more about having units that are really cost effective and i think that's the thing with single models is that you get so much for your money especially monsters um they just make them just gives you that kind of flexibility with the unit they can be offensive and they can be defensive and especially at 5k when you can bring four or five of them it's like well i can i can lose one if it means i can get more points from you so yeah i think again that kind of goes back to the whole knowing your matchups and knowing what you can lose and what and what it gives you because i think a lot of the time like people will bring two and three units of chaff and they'll chaff when they don't need to like they'll just they'll put something in front and think right okay but then it's like well do do i really need to do that you think well maybe not because i don't know if i want to charge you so why am i giving you 100 points for nothing so yeah Think I've
2: that's... had many a game where my chaff is left alive at the end of the game because I've not actually <laughs> needed them.
3: Yeah, I guess it goes. I mean, saving two to 300 points on chaff, that's a lot of points. That's like an extra binding scroll or two binding scrolls in your list or, you know, yeah. magic res on your, on your stuff. And that might, you know, have a big impact on the game, just stopping one or two spells going off. So, yeah, it makes sense. I think there's maybe some books that do it better than others. like, But maybe maybe that's just my experience. Maybe you can do it with every book. I don't know.
2: I've always found the struggle more getting rid of other people's chaff without you know forcing my big unit to go run off after them and stuff like that. Yeah, it's always been a real struggle. Speaking of like KOE, it's so hard dealing with chaff.
3: Yeah, when you don't have good, reliable reach, especially if you're going druidism and shit, yeah. on your on your KOE or your beast right? You don't you're 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 more limited. So like I think that's the real strength of like a lot of like the elf lists. Um and anything that can just bring one or two cheap units of enough small arms, you think, okay, I've got magic and I've got shooting. So I can at least deal with chaff. And then even if you're in a bad matchup, you know, that potentially goes a long way to stopping combats by maybe a turn or two if that just puts off your opponent from pushing as hard, if they think, oh, I can't actually reliably chaff you and get into a position that I want to be yeah, in. so sure.
2: I like um, to kill chaff with my chaff, so like the Razor Tusk.
3: <laughs> it, the it's
2: excellent. Yeah, the Piggies are so good at just
1: killing other people's chaff. Yeah,
3: but they're even uh, decent on their own if you can get into a wee
1: yeah, cheeky flank like or something. Tusk.
2: Oh, yeah, they're awesome. I'm a big yeah. fan of them.
1: I've had Razor tusks get in a Necro bunker and, and kill Necromancers before, so I've... <laughs> I've got a healthy appreciation of Razor Tusk
3: we're getting a deep insight into Andrew's uh, player history We've just been the amount of times just abused me
1: <laughs> oh man um, well th- there's a couple of points that I want to pick up on there um, in terms of whether we see something shifting in the meta and, and one of the big things post the patch was that the rules team and the design teams wanted to encourage bigger blocks and move away from the single models which is something that I want to talk about before we do that just general thoughts on the event, because this was, it was a ranked event, but it was 5,000 points and there was custom maps. What did, what did you guys think? Was that a big thumbs up or was it a mixed kind of?
2: Well, obviously it's a big thumbs up from me.
3: In um. <laughs> no in any
2: way,
1: shape
3: or form bias. In that opinion.
1: We should all play 5,000 points all the time.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's where the games at its best, but I love the maps. I thought all the maps are fantastic.
1: Um, yeah,
2: I was a big fan of them. Particularly like Loch Ness, I thought that was a great one. Uh, yeah, and I think 5K it just changes stuff, doesn't it? You know, everyone's got to come up with new lists. You can't just churn out the normal stuff you keep using. So yeah, I liked it.
1: Okay, Parallel. Uh
3: Yeah, interesting. Like I think given that it is kind of like one of the the bigger national events, surprised that it was custom maps, um, but a nice change like i I guess it's as we spend more and more time on ub i guess it's just another way of trying to spice things up and give people something different so i think a lot of people actually quite like that aspects of it um in combination with the 5k just because it does give you something different and i think after masters as well um it's slightly i mean it is slightly less kind of intense um than masters so i guess a lot of the players just were using it as an opportunity to try new stuff in different armies and and play with builds that you just would not never get to use otherwise so
0: yeah
3: i think from that point of view it was it was pretty good um spot prizes and stuff yeah that's quite fun disappointed there wasn't a best sports nomination i don't know why there wasn't a best sports that i would have thought that was a, a given um but hey ho. um but yeah, for the most part it was good. Nice seeing a lot of people playing that I hadn't, you know, recognised before. Like um and it's not that they're necessarily new, it's just that they don't they might not have been interested in a, a bigger event normally. So maybe that was in part due to the the masters getting people back into it or just the originality in the in the maps and the the points difference. So it was good. Good for a change.
1: Yeah, I was I was quite critical going in of the five thousand points. Like I I thought that was it was weird for a big national competition to, to do that. Mm. And I just didn't like it because I'm a creature habit and I was like, Oh, just, all the caps are different. I have to actually get a pen and pen like, <laughs> don't don't like counting. Um but I actually thought it was fine. Like, I didn't actually think there was that much of a difference. I think there's definitely some armies that you know, people wrote their, their lists with that in mind, and they tried to push caps. Um, but overall, I thought it was fine. I don't think there was anything mental out there. Um,
3: I mean, you know, Mark Greensill's list. list was mental.
1: Yeah, I was probably mental for different reasons, though, wasn't it? And then the
3: Thane <laughs> so, list. I think there was only two. I, I thought there might have been more, given that it was 70. I think there was only two lists that just looked absolutely bananas.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was fine. I actually loved the maps And what what worried me about the maps going in was that people had just thrown these together and i yeah. know that you boys on the on the team had done them but i was worried that they'd just been thrown together and there would be like one side that was quite clearly better than the other side which gave a massive advantage to the the player that won the roll off and stuff like that but it wasn't and i thought all the app, all the maps were really well put together there wasn't any map that i played on that i felt was biased to one player or there was you know big issues I really liked the Loch Ness one because it added a whole new tactical element to hold the centre, fighting in the water. Yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. I heard that um, Jack Chapman cast uh, Glory of Gold on a unit in the water against Ollie, Despite uh-huh. the fact that the water nullifies the flaming attacks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, was he
3: just doing it for the AP or was he expecting no, the flaming no, attacks? Doing it all? for
1: the flaming attacks, yeah, oh. which is amazing. <laughs> sorry, sorry to poke fun, Jack, but that was uh, a brilliant story um yeah so i i thought it was great uh i hope the custom maps become a thing as long as they're kind of vetted um but yeah fantastic the only the only thing i want to bring up before we go back to the, the kind of the meta talk and the list talk was uh the fact that matt came last now the way it worked was that if you didn't play a game you got seven points and i think that's bollocks Absolute box because my 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 ended up coming last. I I think he got a, a cheeky wee voucher out of it, so it's maybe not too bad for him. But he ended, <laughs> I, he heard
3: I, th- I heard he's played <laughs> some games for that voucher. <laughs> <point.
1: laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's utter box um, because you could play none of your games and get 35 points, which isn't fair to anyone. I'd that's
3: bumped. the same number of points I got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could have saved yourself a lie, or as a hate. <laughs> <And Yeah. laughs> I was trying and only got 35. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that was, I don't know if it was intentional, but I think that's bad.
2: I think and, Ed was doing it because it's more, you know, real life gets in the way, doesn't it, sometimes. And you know, sometimes you just cannot make a game. So you want to not give you a zero if you can't do it.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, fair enough, you can't make the game, but you're playing in an event, and if you can't make the game, you take zero, because you can't play the game. It would be the same if you were at an event. Um, if you had yeah. to dash off, you'd get zero.
3: Yeah, I think I think I would have maybe thought that both players just get zero points, and then no one's getting the win and no one's getting the loss.
1: Oh, that's harsh on the other player, though. No, I think you've got to give the, the other player... I th- Ed actually said in the comments after that maybe a better solution would have been give the, the player who could make it 13 Another player zero, and I think that's probably the the sensible middle yeah. ground.
3: Nah, I don't do that. I think what you should have is a TO on standby who steps in to play that game, and the other person gets zero. Yeah, that'd be fair. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I think yeah. that's what you do. Stand in player, because it's, I mean, for a big event like to not have someone on standby, I think, you could have a missed opportunity. To yeah. Sort of prevent those. Situations. I mean, fortunately, it's, it was a minority of cases. It didn't really happen all that much. But I think um, giving anyone as many points as that for not being able to play a game is a bit crap. So, yeah,
1: yeah. But that, but I that, guess it's hard. That's my only complaint of
2: the event. I'll tell you what, next big tournament, uh, I'll be the standing player. Because, you know, qualifying <laughs> <it Martin> for Masters now, <laughs> like, so I don't need you've to
3: You've I'm not You're not going <laughs> to risk your title. I see where you're going with. Undefeated of stone bikes yep <laughs> that's
2: it retiring from the world of nine days now <laughs> <laughs> just smoking a cigar just there's uh, a, to thing. be
3: fair to be fair there's a there's another thing that i think you're not happy with andrew i think we should talk about
1: we're not going to talk about that because <laughs> <laughs> what if you open that can of worms i will not be held responsible for the fallout okay
3: if you want to know what that kind of worm is, drop us a, a message, uh, either on the Twitter sphere or on the forums, and Andrew will refuse to reply to you on any of those platforms.
1: <laughs> Unless someone calls me a shitebag for not doing it, in which case I will do it out of spite for myself, <laughs> which is which is a loophole that Fraz seems to be exploiting of late. Um,
3: <laughs> That's his go-to move, though.
1: Yeah, a shitebag if you don't. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Right, Matt may have only got 15 points, but at least he earned those 15 points, you know, the hard way.
3: Yeah,
2: and I think his head just went down. I think after his opening of getting Craig, followed by Mikey. Yeah, which is brutal. That that was it for him. After that, horrible. Yeah, and And he he, he got five points against them two, and then got zero in his last two games. So there were some of his better results.
1: Exactly. I just think that at the bottom of the table like every point counts and you, you can't be given folks sevens for not turning up yeah i agree but yeah that's my that's my only uh, complaint that i'm willing to put on uh, air <laughs> at, at this time so let's go let's go back to the the lists overall um how do we think, was there any kind of significant meta shifts, do you think? And you No, know, it's difficult to say with 5,000 points. Uh, and linked into that, what do we think about, was the the February update successful in pushing out single models instead of blocks?
3: Not at 5K, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'd have to agree with that statement.
3: Fucking single models everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's really hard. I don't think, I'd, I'd, I mean, what, dropping command by 10 points, and I'm not really sure what else they changed. To try and discourage single models like single models are super strong like i i don't i don't know if there is an as an easy way to to make them less strong right now without specifically putting something into the rulebook to either buff units or to somehow change the interaction between how single models fight rank and file units like,
2: well, I would have been happy fighting against some big blocks because I can just throw like three monsters in there and have three D six thunder yeah.
3: Exactly. You know?
2: Yeah. You, have, <laughs> you can have your ten point banner. I don't think it's going to matter.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's it was a nice. I mean, command going down was was great, but yeah. I don't think that inherently changes anything because people just either put those points on characters or you just you know bring more single models. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I, I I agree.
3: I don't I don't think uh that tournament would be held up as a, a shining example of any kind of changes in, in the meta. I mean, saying that, I mean I I think in all my games I you know, everyone had big blocks as well. But I just don't think it was I just don't think it's evidence of any kind of change in the meta. Like single models are still really fucking good.
1: Well, I think if you look at the big scorers like, there's a lot of single models in those top ten lists.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Have still had blocks, at least? Yeah, Caristo sure did. Green yeah, gun yeah. line, didn't he? Yeah,
3: I really <laughs> like list. Orcs and Goblins, though, tend to do have a couple of blocks in their lists. Quite unusual yeah. to see a full MSU Orc and Goblin. I guess they would really struggle with that, just because of discipline and shit as well, right? right
2: yeah. Maybe the Empire did well out of the update and that's why they're up there. Well, yeah
3: I think that's I mean I can't remember the empire lists I mean did they have a fair amount of shooting did they have just good ranged options to do with single models? Because I think we've said before like we've been surprised that like the lack of cannons kicking about,
1: yeah, yeah I think that the the empire lists were, were there was nothing really like breaking of the mold in the empire list apart from, i mean geo had double griffin, which is a bit unusual um but I do think the Empire are nearing that point where points are actually about spot on like they're becoming actually very cost effective um they they were definitely one of the big winners from the recent points update i feel anyway um and there was quite a lot of shooting and i think that the 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 kind of more general meta from the event probably suited empire armies um you know like lots of monsters lots of you know even like the bigger blocks like empire can kind of deal with them with the amount of shooting they can put out so I think well, like, uh, Imperial Rangers are really good, aren't they, against monsters? Yeah, so they get two shots and lethal against beasts. Yes, that's pretty nice. So, yeah, many uh gargantula has died to my brave rangers. <laughs> and they're like
3: ninety points.
1: Yeah, yeah. ninety points. I guess fire. if you don't
3: kill it off, you just end up getting terror
1: bombs. Yeah, I mean, you're still hunting for sixes on your wounds as well, which yeah. is great. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're cheap as chips, and plus, like, just like loading out with crossbows and, and handguns is still very legit. Just because mm-hmm. you can you can make them accurate and you hunt for sixes, but you you know you've still got APs. So.
3: And steam tanks are still pretty common, so you've oh, always yeah. got a cannon of sorts on your list.
1: Well, interestingly, one list had a steam tank and one didn't. Uh, I still feel that the steam tank is the one thing in the Empire book you cannot leave home without. Uh, I think it was Jeff that didn't have a steam tank. To be fair. Is that because it gets
3: around an army army wide
1: weakness? What? That all your troops are dog shit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, no that it's unbreakable. It gets right <laughs> And it doesn't suffer discipline. You don't even have to win combat. You just have to not die.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the issues with the design of the Empire. Like, I think if you take the tank out, that army becomes a lot weaker. Like, fair play to Jeff. He obviously got a lot of success without it. But he had a big unit of flagellants who do a similar kind of job. Like, you, you need something to hold stuff up with Empire. Mm. Um, I mean, the tank's insanely good. If the tank was in any other army, it'd be broken as fuck. But it's not. It's an Empire. So... <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, I've heard a couple of people talk about the the results from TSC and think, you know, is the kind of American, you know, push meta, like, where basically it's just hyper-aggressive, don't give a fuck about, you know, tactics, you just pushy people. Is that a thing that's infiltrating the, the UK meta, or is that too cynical? Is there is there something bigger here? Or was it simply the fact that it's 5,000 points, so a lot of people thought, fuck it, I want to take as many monsters... Was a cat.
2: I think it was that myself. I don't think, you know, it's just, you can't base whole meta off this tournament alone. Yeah. yeah.
3: I don't think most of the people, I think if you asked most of the people at that event, what is the American meta, they wouldn't even be able to tell you. I don't think most players in the UK paid much attention to what people are doing on the continent or in America or, or whatever. Like, I think they just play what suits them and what is relevant in our meta. So, beyond the, the, the top players, maybe. Maybe, like, there might be, like, 10, 15 people that were at that event that are in and around DTC, and they might know what other people are playing, but the vast majority of people don't. So, nah, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, Brexit means Brexit, eh? Yeah. Is <laughs> like Fuck fun. everyone
3: else. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> That's what I say.
1: <laughs> oh, but seriously, Brexit's a fucking shit show. Come and help us. Um, Send help. Okay. Okay, um, one more point on the matter. The triple tree is that a thing that's going to stage? I think there was a lot. That's of what silver I was going
2: to say. That's why there's so many silver elf players, I think because yeah, they yeah. could do well dragon and double tree or triple tree. Um, they're so bloody good. They're so hard to
1: kill, aren't they? Because
3: yeah. that's a change to the book, not necessarily just a
1: five k related point, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the cap that's changed in the recent update. So like that. I
2: exactly, I but. Is that 5k that's pushed it, or could you still do that at 4.5k?
1: Oh, you, you can do that at 4.5k. That's fucking
2: bollocks, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that a tree father I think is better than a Gortark. Because they just don't die. Those tree fathers are so God. hard.
1: I, it's uh, the, They do the opposite things well. Like yeah. The tree fathers are just so hard to get rid of because they're stuck hmm. on, with the five up ages. attacks yeah. are obviously at the, the opposite end in terms of offensive output. I've played again, I've played Martin a few times with the triple tree now. I can play have played him twice and I've played against Jack who had two trees and a dragon. I think you have to use the trees altogether because if they get isolated, they die. Uh, and they're so slow. Like, they're movement five, no swift stride. They can't dictate combats. So they have yeah. to be tanky because they're not going to be the, fighting.
3: That's the down, downside with the tree lists. If you go dryads and core and then they get beasts and tree men, it's like... Everything's movement five, no swift strides. Everything's fearless, so can't flee. So if you misposition anything, you're fucked. Yeah, I guess
0: it's
3: it's
2: because they're single models. They just appear to be here, there, and everywhere, don't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. That that definitely lets them get around that to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, right? Because I think a lot of people took silver Elves in this event just to see what what the crack was. And because Mm -hmm. Josh had won the Masters Open as well, I think that caused a bit of a ripple. Yeah. So... That'd so be yeah, funny we, if there
3: was a an inundated amount of Sylvan Elf and Beast herd lists after the this, classic matchup is back. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well yeah, we
3: were, that's
1: That's probably we kinda of general thought moving on from that. Uh is like what do you think are like who are the big armies that won out from this? And you know, do you think this is gonna signal a wider change? Are beast herds back at the top table since they did well here? Well Can I, I think else here to
2: stay? <laughs> I'm not sure how much of affect like me and well Jeff definitely as well, being at the Masters had affected the meta and everyone's like, Oh actually maybe his legs and the Mino Lord and this Mario Kart soothsayer Um and then maybe I've not done any favours by winning and Jack coming second as well. And everyone's <laughs> gonna be like, Oh yeah, let's definitely
1: take beast now. Um The nerf bat is coming hard.
3: Oh <laughs> no, that's not what I wanted.
2: Everyone stop using the Mino Lord
3: <laughs> I can't wait for the, the beast herds LED now. There's not even gonna be any minors in that. I'm just gonna get rid
1: of them. Just imagine the salt mine we're gonna get off Nick. Like he was quite happy using his <laughs> no, everyone ruined it.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. Oh yeah, so well, I didn't wanna do well. Uh yeah, I think there's just gonna be even more beast herds knocking about now. Uh, especially with UB, you know, anyone can take whatever army they like, can't they?
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. As for silver Nels, I'm not sure I personally don't rate them.
1: No, I, I still think they're at the bottom end. I think they've got a really high skill gap. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can definitely do well with them, but I think it takes a certain kind of player, and you need a lot of experience playing that kind of way.
2: Mm-hmm. And, like, where Beast has getting the objectives, easy mode. Silver elves is the exact opposite because you've got so little scoring. Uh, um, yeah, of What you do have, you need to keep alive and make sure it can get there to do the objective.
1: Mm. Yeah. Were people surprised by the lack of ID in Dread Elves? I mean, there was quite a few Dread Elves, but they were really spread out across the table. There wasn't a big concentration of them.
3: Um, do you mean in terms of their performance?
1: Yeah, just overall. And and actually just in terms of raw numbers, like there weren't I mean there was there was quite a few Dread Elf lists to be fair, but there weren't a lot of I D and I D are probably strongest army overall just now. Uh
3: I thought there would have been more ID and there was another book. I mean there was one Highborn Elf list? Cal? Yeah, is that yeah it? that's
2: that's weird. Hey, yeah. Given I, they won the Masters, you thought everyone I thought there would be a couple of more Elves.
3: Yeah. I guess maybe it was just Dread Elves being like the new hotness and the 5k points changing what you can do with someone else. Maybe that was just the draw. And then obviously, like we say, then one in the open uh, event. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, there was only one UD as well. Like, UD just don't seem to be as popular at all at events these days. Not in the UK, anyway.
1: Yeah, UD are a weird one because I still think they're really good, but I think they're not like auto win like they were at ETC a couple of years ago. So yeah, I think moved
3: the, on. the changes have definitely brought them down in power, but they're still good. Like they're not bad. I oh, guess... Luke,
1: Luke
2: could have won the event with it. You know, he was a uh, yeah, yeah. table two last game.
3: Yeah, so yeah, I think they're still really good. I guess it's just a it's just a lot of people jumping on bandwagons. I guess like just. You know, Warriors just now are really popular. Um, Dread Elves, because they're new. Demons. I thought there might have been more Demons, actually. I think there was only, only a few three. lists. I thought there might have been a couple more of them, because they seem really good. Um, I mean, it's good to see Dread Elves,
2: because there were none of the Masters, so it was nice to see them actually how they got on at an event. Yeah. I know they had like shocking round one. I think every single Dread Elf list lost. So everyone was like a bit shocked, but they all pulled it back at the end, didn't they?
1: Yeah, yeah Andrew Huntley did really well, which is nice, actually, to see, because like, Andrew was using uh, Dread Elves when they were shit, and he was getting battered at events, so it's nice to see him actually do well with
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's partly why I was lucky, because I really didn't want to fight Dread Elves. I think they just beat the shit out of monsters, so maybe that, you'll certainly start seeing less monsters with the Dread Elves about, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to fight Two krakens and big blocks adjudicators that hit before me.
3: Yeah, fucking AP four, it's just insane.
1: Yeah. In battle focus on them as well with the items. It's just, <laughs> yeah, not good. Not
3: good. And then even like the fucking, I mean, they can deal with monsters out of combat as well. Fucking yeah, yeah. Domination shooting.
0: I was
2: yeah,
1: really impressed with the poison shots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: i would never seen them before, and when I was watching some
1: people's games, I was like, "These guys are
2: fucking mental." <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're they're basically just bare sentinels.
3: Yeah. yeah,
1: I think they're half the cost of the sentinels or something mental. Two shots like each,
3: and you're just fishing for sixes.
1: Yeah, Martin is very salty about black coaches now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, unless Paul has any other points that he wants to raise. No, nope. no. The the last question that I want to ask, which is a double barrel actually, is actually two questions. First and foremost, how did Joy take it when you told her that you'd won? Care? Did she know? Did she care? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: she did care actually. She's very much rooting for me. Awesome. Yeah. See, they always tell her what goes on. She always, I come down and make a brew, like half oh, turn three or something. She's like, "How's it going?" Oh, I'm getting battered. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Normally, it's like I have no idea. It's impossible to tell. Um, but yeah, she was very, very happy for me. But we didn't finish till like midnight that game, and she was asleep by that point. So
3: uh, you didn't wake her up?
2: No, no, I went to <laughs> that
3: much. Uh, so she wasn't that excited. You're like, nah, she doesn't care that much." <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's just tired. She doesn't get how a the game take five hours to play? You know? yeah. it, just, it just does. <laughs> I don't know. It never feels like that long, does it, when you're playing it?
3: it depends who you're playing. Yeah,
2: yeah. sometimes
3: it does. <laughs> sometimes it feels like ten hours. And like,
2: <laughs> but no, she's very happy for me once she woke up in the morning. Uh, yes. You like, you like got a kid a before of... Christmas. Oh, absolutely. I didn't <laughs> sleep until <laughs> about 2am. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I'm wired. And I've been playing for, what, nine Years now, something like that, and yeah, I, I've never won a tourney. I've never even podiumed until. Oh
3: god, it's gonna take me nine years to win a fucking <laughs> event. <everybody. laughs>
2: no, it doesn't. So Trent won one in like
3: four months. So. Oh, that was the Vermin Swarm. <laughs> Fuck.
2: Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that.
1: You don't want to sully yourself. You want to debase yourself publicly. <laughs> All right. We've got a podcast for that. So. <laughs> Awesome. Well, the, the last question is, where can people buy the signed copies of that photo?
2: Oh, they're coming, don't you worry. I'm sure okay. Matty Peel set up a shop for our podcast, yeah, and you can all get that photo. There you
1: go. Oh, merch, merch sign business.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is one of my biggest regrets is giving that photo to Tom. It was funny, but <laughs> I
3: <don't>
1: regret it. <laughs> I think everyone has a copy of it saved on their phone now. <laughs> Dude,
3: once, that's when... when uh... When Kev's on Facebook, that's the that's the picture that comes up on my phone. <laughs> it is. You've got to get that on t-shirts. You've got to get one of them made next, for a next event with like King beyond the wall on the t-shirt, but then you just
2: I might do the, uh, the next uh,
1: face-to-face,
3: tourney this okay. is a trend, next ETC, we give your kilt away again, you can just walk around in your pants wearing that t-shirt
1: exactly, what, what that look. is a power play as well, fuck off Trent, this is how you do it properly <laughs> walk around, around in your pants with <laughs> a picture of yourself on your t-shirt
2: they won't know what to make of it will they that will really uh, psych them out I think
1: just at least you were 20s. wearing underwear that week
3: fuck, if Matt had done that, my god it would have been freeballing it <laughs>
1: oh man (laughs) well in that case uh, before we wrap up just another massive congratulations Kev it couldn't happen to a nicer guy we're absolutely thrilled for you uh, and very well Uh, thank you very much Um, and thank you for coming on and giving uh, giving us a small slice of your glorious time O king of Scotland Um, And if anyone wants to hear about Kev's journey during the Scottish Championships, please do go and check out the Paired Weapon podcast, where him and Matt have been talking through their games, and I've got no doubt a a wrap-up episode is on the way uh, where they will probably go through a little bit more detail of Kev's games, which we kind of just skimmed over here, but Please do go and check them out. The Our experiences are out, oh. is,
2: uh, very yin and yang, you might say. <laughs> it's a,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a palate cleanser. I think. <laughs> Poor Matt. It's all right. I'm playing Matt on Monday. He's probably going to buy him. Oh, that's all right. So, then uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's
3: due a big win. So you're fucked.
1: Yeah, and everyone's probably, now yeah.
3: stuck in a paired weapon podcast sandwich
1: between
2: yeah.
0: us. So uh, yeah. Divinely Who
1: would have thought that? Day? Yeah, absolutely. Um. The other big shout out that we want to give is to Veil vale of Ages, Pitlegio's company, doing the Essence Award live streams. Please do go and check them out, give them your support, and uh, give them a like on Twitter and things, and they're advertising the regular live streams, and they're a good banner. Go check them out. And uh, Paul and I played it a couple of weeks ago and showed that we can't work computers. Um, nope. So if you want to go check that out. It's it's
3: worth watching just for people to struggle with the technology, if nothing else. They're pretty good. Uh,
1: how, how do I move that? Uh, what's
3: back? How do, I, huh? how do I undo this? It's it's really nice though. Like the, the the game looks great on that platform.
1: Yeah, it's great. And the the guys like Beth, Francesco and, and Remy and uh, Rob, all really nice guys. Do reach out if you fancy giving Essence or a go, because they they're more than happy to to walk you through it um everyone played warhol so far Nope.
2: i've not uh, had a chance yet me and matt are playing on wednesday
1: next week Oh it it's amazing it does Massive look pretty combat. impressive yeah <laughs>
3: Yeah. i was when uh you guys were playing your game <coughs> the other night there andrew it was really funny because obviously you guys had put it on the stream channel so people could go and watch it and at one point I was watching James's turn and I was like, is he just doing things to show off all the different functionality in this fucking platform? Because <laughs> I was like, why is it? It just looks like he's been like clicking on things. He's like, oh, now I can do this and now I can bring up the stats and then I can, I can check the distance by just clicking on this button. And it was just like, ah, oh, it does
1: look really fucking good. Yeah, it's, it's good. And see, once they I mean, I think all the core mechanics are already in place. So once they get the, the models done, because there's a few models, like the Altars of Undeath are currently just like purple cylinders on yep. bases. Classic. Uh, once, once the, yeah, everyone's image of an altar of Undead. On but once they get that sorry, I think it's just going to... I don't know how something like UB or Tabletop Simulator, for Ninth Age at least, will compete against that. Because I think it's just going to blow them out of the war. Yeah, um, I
0: think it will.
1: So, very exciting times. And if you are lucky enough to to have a key, make sure you're sharing it with your pals and going on having a wee Because it's well worth it. Um... So, massive congratulations once again to Kev. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you want to get in contact with the podcast, you can do so through a variety of means. You can grab us on Twitter. Uh, Axel Vicious is Kev's tag on Twitter if you want to give him a cheeky follow for all his sexy paint jobs. You can follow Paul at Space Goblin 1. You can follow me at MGR Lost Cause. Uh, I am Lost Cause and Pause Space Goblin on the form or you can drop us an email at scottish uh, fuck, what's the email? scottishwildlands at gmail.com nailed nailed it. It. absolutely nailed it <laughs> and that's it for another episode so once again thank you Kev for coming on, thank you Paul thank for you putting up with my and uh, we will catch you on the next one bye see you guys bye